It's dangerous to go alone. Take us. And welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Games Club from Super NPC Radio, your bi-monthly book club style episode where your favorite buds from the Super NPC Radio tune Linkiverse get together to discuss nearly the entire library of mainline Zelda games throughout the year of 2021. These episodes are currently available on our Patreon at the $10 DJ Toad tier. So for those of you listening, uh, right on the brink as they're released, right as they're fresh out of the uh, oven that is on Skyloft, uh, enjoy. And for those of you listening in the future, um, when this is released uh, at another time, hey, wow, you got so many episodes to catch up on unless you are going in order. And then, well, here you are at the last, the second to last one. I couldn't do this alone. I am your host for today's episode. Connor McCabe of the Skyloft Knight Academy, and I am joined by three of my favorite, uh, what would you call them, uh, schoolmates, I guess that's probably appropriate. First, of course, we are joined by one of, you know, one of the two hosts of this entire series, uh, Mr. Jeremy Schmidt, currently chasing around his, uh, his loft wing. Jeremy, how's it going, and what's up with that loft wing? Uh, that loft wing is evading my every approach. I can't sneak seem to sneak quiet enough to not alert it to my presence and of course it uh does not want to be ridden anymore as i imagine most birds do not so oh okay cool so you're you got kind of a rebellious loft wing on your hands i have yet to break him yeah dang well Mm -hmm. hey well we got the little ceremony later so good luck pal um (laughs) thank you for being here jeremy (laughs) you are done hosting episodes so you must feel like you're just on summer vacation or something i'm on island time on this one baby i'm uh i'm kicking back i got my Lacroix here with oh, me wow. my little Careful. drink drink for for this evening and i'm ready to uh talk talk us uh double s i love it um we are also of course joined by someone who's been on a handful of episodes i've been trying to keep off this show but unfortunately <laughs> he's already made it to at least one of Jeremy's episodes, and uh, if not more, and that is Mr. Michael Hearn. Currently, uh, you said you were talking to some guy named Batro. Uh, gets what, something to do with gratitude crystals. Hearn, welcome to the show. Hey, oh yeah, gratitude crystals, my favorite <laughs> dynamic of this whole game. Uh. <laughs> and that's why I uh, labeled you as uh, as such. Hearn, welcome back. How are you doing? Well, welcome to the first time, apparently, huh? I'm yeah, doing, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying good. to act like I didn't want you on the show, but I did email you ah. back in January with this invite, and here we are in October, That's and you true. are the sur- the lone survivor of our original crew. We uh, oh, wow. never got a response from Michael Stevens, um, which was not. consistent for both of the episodes he said he not. was down to do. We had wow, Nick Costanza, who had all year to play this game, and I even <laughs> offered to borrow... Uh, and Nick unfortunately had to drop out. So Hearn, mm. you are the last man standing. Thank you. Well, I mean, get into our personal history with the game. There's a reason why Skyward Sword was even available to me as early as it was, let alone in time to play it. Yeah, you have an uncle who works at Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, he lent it to me just this year. Oh, that's really cool. Um, well, we are joined by a uh, a fourth participant on this episode, uh, someone who has played as many Zelda games as one legally can in a calendar year. <laughs> and that, of course, is uh, is the person who just keeps 
keeps bugging Beetle. He keeps getting dropped out of Beetle's airship, and that is July Diaz. Welcome. Is it my turn to talk? Yeah. Go for it. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show and uh, accepting my sort of request to be on this episode. I did a little behind the scenes. I did ask you to... I begged. I actually begged you to be on this show. Yes, I you you were asking, and then I sort of like said, "Well, it's gonna take a little more than uh than that." And then, you know, you were texting me, but I imagine you got down on like your both knees and were just begging. So it's good to have you here, buddy. Well, I already get on my knees when I text, so I was already. And when you do uh, improv, when I do improv, yes, as uh, famously Bless. I did in that one show that Jeremy hosted. <laughs> You're talking about uh, great moments to... in comedy. Yeah. Yes, uh, you did the sweaty balls sketch. <laughs> yes, right? I did. Great, great sketch. Wow, thank uh, you. Great performance by Connor. Almost two years ago now. <laughs> yes, it almost feels like it's yesterday because my knees are still hurting <laughs> because I made the bad decision of getting on both of my knees at the very start of the improv uh, set. Wow, for 20 minutes I was on my knees. <laughs> To play an elf, right? That was to play an <laughs> elf, yeah. Wow. Well, July, thanks again, and thank you for reaching out. I'm really glad to have you here. I've gotten to do a couple of these with you. Um, this yeah. is back-to-back episodes for you and me, but I think like you're fourth in a row, if not more at this point. So um, great having yeah. you here. Thanks um, for having me, and I got to say, Beatles Airship, uh, a lot of nice stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was waiting for you to say something about that. There we go. Um, yeah, and what's up with this accent? That's something that's brought up in the game. What's up with his accent? Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I guess he's thanking you for that. Um, we of course that was today. A spot on impression. That was really good. <laughs> that was really. Thank good. you. I've got my Beetle impression down for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're of course today discussing. Um, this is our second to last episode on the Legend of Zelda Games Club, and we will be discussing the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Uh, which is the second-to-last mainline console Zelda game to be released. Um, We already dropped our Breath of the Wild co-op episode from earlier this year, so this is the final console Zelda that we will cover for its own episode. Uh, And I am really excited to get into it. And the first thing we will do is talk about our personal histories with the game. Okay, so before we really get into much, I do want to hear from each of you, uh, even though I've got a pretty good idea, having talked to you throughout the year about this, about your personal histories with The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Um, Michael Hearn, I yes. would like to start with you, my friend. Uh, how? Tell me about your history with this game. All right. I didn't have much of a history with it. I think a lot of it was just uh, timing. Like, okay, like... well then let's move on. July, hey. do you want to tell us? <laughs> hey, now. Oh, I have so much history with oh, this you game. You know what? On second thought, just in case Hearn has something interesting to say, Hearn, continue. I have plenty interesting to say. Okay. Uh, so I didn't have this his, any history with this back in the Wii days. Sort of bait and switch for me, but okay. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, that's how. That's why I was avoiding being on one of the Um But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really like. My sister had it with the Wii Motion Plus, but this was around the time when I was gone from home and no longer really playing uh Wii games or games that that much so when i was out here didn't like it kind of was just a lost route to me 
and everything from the mechanic, like the having to own a Wii, let alone a Wii with a Motion Plus, was just mm. not going to happen anytime soon. But this past year, I bought a Wii with some games out of like a Facebook Marketplace uh, acquisition. Ooh, where and where did you have to go for this? Not too far away, West Hollywood, and I got oh. like a few fun games with it. I got like House of the Dead two and three. I got some stuff. I got the Michael Jackson experience. So you know some good stuff. And then what? My, what was what game's that? The Michael Jackson experience. It's a game. <laughs> what is you, that? Sounds like it's up to July's alley. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's a like. I'm just interested. It's a just dance type game where you dance um, to Michael Jackson uh, songs only, and you have to hold the Wii mode in your hand as you're dancing, so it knows you're doing the right moves. I was hoping for a sequel an, to Moonwalker. Yeah. It's it's what he does to celebrate after saving all those kids in Moonwalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, so it's a Just Dance production? I don't think so. I think it was independent. Like I don't oh. know how they got... They just got very lucky with rights and stuff. So, yeah, that's how I got into Michael Jackson experience. Thank you for asking me. Well, <laughs> yep. I was hoping for that pivot today. Well, uh, I'm looking it up right now. It looks like it was produced by Bubbles. His monkey. <laughs> oh, man, no wonder he's so well off. <laughs> uh, all those game sales but I, when I was staying to Wii I was like I'm going to make an effort to get Wii Motion Plus because that was a side of Wii I never got to experience so I did get two Wii Motion Plus stuff I got um, Wii Sports Resort and then of Ooh. course eventually went out of my way to get this Skyward Sword and played it and beat it for the first time this year uh, you streamed with, this a little bit. I watched you. Yeah. I tuned in for even, I think, your final stream. Yeah. I was playing it a little bit at the start, and then in the middle, in between, it was kind of like off and on when I would play it, so I didn't really stream that much. But then when I noticed I was like close to the end, I was like, all right, it's time to stream this bad boy. And maybe for about two hours, I streamed it and beat it in front of you and uh, whoever runs the Super NPC official Twitch. That would be me. Okay, so you times two. Uh, and I tuned in on my phone and on my computer. That's how dedicated oh, wow. I am to you, Hearn. That's a oh, real shuts. Right <laughs> that is. Uh, and that was my experience with it, really. Like, I had never played it before, and Dane to play it is kind of like, we'll go into it. I would have tuned in, but I didn't want it spoiled. Yeah. No, it would have been spoiled for sure. Uh, it would have... Um, like, it's kind of the missing link, I feel like. Uh, no pun intended. Mm, when no. it comes to, like... <laughs> When it comes to Zelda games, and I think we'll get into that when we talk about what it entails. But that's my history. Nice. And didn't you also get a second copy of it somehow? I did. Uh, what happened to that? Basically, I ended up just selling it. But basically, after a Facebook Marketplace, I got another Facebook Marketplace deal where some woman was selling a few games for Wii for, like, dirt cheap. But she was all the way out in, like, very <laughs> far west. Uh, it was going to be a hell of a drive, but I wanted to do it for cheap games. She sold a good amount. Like she sold like a couple other games that would have been pulled yet, but I got Super Paper Mario and Ooh. that for five bucks each, and a coffee wow. maker that I still use to this day. Whoa! Dang! Uh, what can you play that on? The coffee maker I played on my kitchen. Um, oh, what, sick! I need to get one of those. That use a lot of like a Trader Joe's style coffees in that machine. It's very Ooh. good. Cool, dude. Well. Um, that is fantastic. Uh, I knew most of that, but it's still fun to hear you say it. And, and yeah. listener, he told the truth. None of that was a lie that I could tell. Yeah. Um, and listener, if you're in LA and you do anything on Facebook Marketplace, I'll I'll be messaging. Just you. DM Hearn. Yeah. Because uh, so he'll get, buy whatever get to me crap first. you're selling. <laughs> Definitely. I don't even need half the stuff I buy. Yeah. Uh. Well, Jeremy Schmidt, let's hear from you. What is your history with this game? Well, I've 
kind of mentioned it on other shows, but I, I'm kind of imagining maybe someone's coming to this episode in fresh and hasn't listened to a bunch of VGACSs or super NPCs or whatever. So I guess I'll just kind of summarize it. I, I, I got back into video games around the year like 2013 or or so, and um, good year. Yeah, and I got a, a Wii was the my 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 console back in because I wanted to smash brawl, you know, with everybody. Yeah. And, um, and I was just really hungry for more games, and you know, the Wii didn't. The Wii would have like one good game a month might come out, but like, and it was and it would be like Kirby's Epic Yarn came out this month, and then you'd you'd play it and then have nothing else to play on your Wii for a while and then something else. And eventually Skyward Sword came out and I was so excited because it was such a big experience and uh, uh, I loved it um, uh, when I played it on Wii. I remember thinking like, you know, it also, it was such a big deal. Like I remember it was like the 25th anniversary uh, is when it came out and it came with the soundtrack too, like the full orchestrated live soundtrack. That's the one I got. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that was like the only CD I would have in my (laughs) CD player for years because (laughs) by that point I was already using an aux cable to put my phone (laughs) in through my speakers. Listening to the 25th anniversary soundtrack that you digitized. Yes, that I uh, burned onto my computer, of course. Uh, ripped the CD on my computer. So I, um, but I even even back then I remember thinking like, okay, this is, I you know this is fun. But I remember even it not looking quite that great on my TV. <clears throat> and like I, I think we'd already had a PS3 at that point too. And so, comparatively speaking, I remember thinking like, uh, and so I you know, uh, eventually though, um, yeah, and then and then a cut to it comes back out on the switch and I played it again for switch. So I've actually played this game two times. Now, Jeremy, I know we have talked about this ad nauseum, but I'm going to need you to tell us the circumstances of your most recent playthrough because (laughs) it is right. Yes. Oh boy. Do I just love you. Um, so I, I was recently going to direct a short film that I had written. And of course, you know, I, this doesn't have a budget. There's no like producers involved, so it's just a bunch of my friends who like want to get together and are doing me a favor by showing up and and like freeing up their entire weekend. And uh, the this same the w- weekend that this game came out, correct? <laughs> the same, the very same weekend that this game came out. I remember I drove by and picked it up on a Thursday, or I'm sorry, on a Friday uh, uh, that that morning. Um, very excited, and then I went to work, and then I knew I had this short film. And I was that was going to be my reward for uh, shooting the whole film. I was going to play it on Sunday, and then I got contacted by uh, somebody that I worked with, and they told me that they had contracted COVID nineteen, and that I am a primary contact, and that our company is advising that I quarantine for five days straight <laughs> until, and that's when that's when I'm allowed to test, and if I test negative on that day, uh, then I can go back to work, and so. I uh, had loaded about $200 worth of craft service food for the weekend in my car. I had, uh, everyone was at the, sh- the shoot waiting to unload their gear, and Gosh. I had to call everybody one by one. It couldn't have been like three hours know. earlier. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I, by the time I got off the phone, that's why they were there. Cause like, that's how close it yeah. was to the shoot. I was like, I was in the car. I was 30 minutes away, 
phone call took about 20 minutes and I had to call everybody and, and they were, uh, it was absolutely surreal, uh, experience. I ended up having to eat all that food, um, uh, by myself. And, uh, I sat down that night around 6 PM and I played skyward sword and I didn't finish and I didn't stop playing until I finished the game that Sunday. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, and yeah, that was my most recent playthrough of skyward sword. I definitely imagined that I would be, have, have spent a lot, you know, that it would have taken a lot longer that I've been playing it throughout the week that week, but I just couldn't bear myself. I couldn't bear to even, uh, uh, do anything else like anything else just seemed too depressing for me to even try to try to do so Amazing. i have a question yeah do you happen to know what how many hours you clocked in um yeah i, I believe it was 30 wow well it's about where i was i think yeah about 30 hours right around there um so and it, yeah so again it wasn't even like i didn't do side stuff you know like i kind of did some side stuff yeah. too it wasn't mm-hmm. like i just mainlined the hell and i and i may have finished it monday actually you know what i mean like i may have like actually like oh the story's changing now like it was but it was like it was uh i heard was, the original story before i've heard this whole story before now it's changing okay well it probably was <laughs> sunday july i'm just saying it might have it might have it might have bled into monday a little bit but i i but it was it was it was quick and um and yeah uh i wow. i feel like my experience with the game is is framed in a very particular way like this this go around and um we'll see if that even matters we'll see if that i think, we'll see if that I think it will hmm. i'm yeah, thinking it it's gonna it might uh, it might affect it might affect my overall um but i will say though that uh <laughs> even you know back in the day when i played it and and this time um uh it, i didn't put it down and I've put a lot of games down. So even mm. if I have some negative thoughts about it, just always keep in mind, dear listener, that I, I, I didn't put it down, though, no matter how much it might sound like I have okay. negative thoughts. Okay, there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I'll go ahead and share about my personal history with this game. I was a, a full-on Zelda freak by the time this game came out. It came out in November of 2011, of course, the 25th anniversary for Zelda. But it was like... I don't know. It must have come out. My birthday is November 15th. I'm pretty sure that, in fact, Happy I can birthday. just look. Happy birthday is coming. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. One month from tomorrow. So uh, don't forget it, friends. Um, okay, yes. This game came out five days after my 21st birthday. So I it wasn't really like, I mean, I was in college. It wasn't like a, I lived at like six hours away. It's not like I'd be asking my parents for... Uh, like a birthday gift because I didn't live near them. So it was like, oh, this makes sense to ask for for Christmas. I'll ask for it for Christmas, probably get it, whatever. Uh, Christmas Day comes and I don't get the game, which is <laughs> which is totally fine. The only oh, bummer... Somebody's so naughty. Yeah, I was a pretty naughty boy. Still am. Yeah, cold um, instead. Yeah, I got a lot of coal. Uh, that doesn't work with the Wii Motion Plus. But I, the only bummer really was that I had to wait until the next day when stores were open again to like go buy it myself, which, you know, no, no big deal. I was really pumped about this game. So I do remember specifically going to target and getting, uh, the legend of Zelda Skyward sword, that gold, uh, box, the gold, uh, disc case with the Wii motion. Plus I didn't get the, they came out with this, uh, gold Wiimote that had it like programmed in 
and the extra hardware. I didn't. I would have loved that, but I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played the absolute crap out of it over this Christmas break. I ended up uh, finishing it uh, when I had already gone back for my next semester of college. Uh, and I remember, uh, I, me- I have a lot of like visceral memories of like where I was like sitting or standing and playing this game. Uh, I've definitely revisited this. I know for sure once. Ooh, did I th- you play standing? I, I've played this game. I tried playing this standing when it first came out. That makes um, sense because of the controls. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, what the heck? I'll give it a shot. Um, and so uh, I've definitely revisited this at least once on the Wii, like right before Breath of the Wild came out. I've told this before, but I played like five console Zeldas uh, and just loved them. I may have played it at a different time, and then I did get the HD version and uh, finished it about a week ago. Uh, and I really took, I had the privilege to take my time with it. Uh, I honestly probably played it over like six weeks. Uh, but yeah, hmm. that's about it for me. Um, why don't we go ahead Wait, and did just July, get in. July, did you say your experience with the game? No, but that's fine. No, it's cool. We're gonna, <laughs> no, we're going to move on. It's okay. So why don't we go ahead? Yeah, and, I think we used up all the time retelling your story, Jeremy. <laughs> That we've heard before. I've definitely heard it before. I know Hearn's heard it before. He's been on his phone the whole time. <laughs> heard it all. Um, you know what? On second thought, I think it actually serves the pod best if we hear from July. July, yeah, what's it. your personal well, history? Well, I got nothing to say. <laughs> all I have to say is I finished the game. I appreciate uh, that you move the original recording time to be able to give me the extra time to finish the game connor of course uh we did lose two people because of that <laughs> on the recording <laughs> it's okay one of them wasn't going to finish i it was anyway. about to say mighty i think was long done mm-hmm. oh that was schnup and constanza yeah schnup and constanza i'm talking about but oh, yeah okay. mikey also i guess was i just wanted to make sure yeah to transition what the pre-show dragging of mighty to the yeah go go show. back to january you'll see an email to yeah. to our buddy but july yeah. Any any details you'd like to give? Did you play this before the HD version came out? Uh, never, be- never because I don't think I had a. This was the fir- originally was it Wii uh, Motion yeah. Plus yeah. type mm-hmm. of thing that you yes. had to have that control to play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I never I never had that. Uh, I think by the time th- did this come out in the later years of the Wii? Yeah, it was the year before the Wii U came out. Yeah, I think I was stuck in that transition phase where I was like, am I going to save up money to buy another control or just go on with the Wii U? And I think I did the Wii U thing. Mm. So I missed this, and I also didn't feel too excited about it at the time because of the motion controls. Yeah, At that time, it was I felt a little bit like this isn't my Zelda. This isn't... Mm-hmm. Sort of the way I want totally. to play as Link. Not my Zelda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's get that hashtag going. But, you know, I think I was wrong. And, uh, uh, you know, I, play, I played it for the first time on with the HD remake on Switch. And, uh, no, I didn't mess with the motion controls at all. I just, oh, all button <laughs> controls for you. All button controls. But I did feel like I got some of the experience because the way they map, the way you... Uh, use link sword is you're using the right joystick and we'll get to this later i'm sure we'll plant the deco nut now mm-hmm. 
Well, there's also a Deku seed. seed. You could say that, but mm-hmm. you know. Now, he said plant adapter, not Connor. You know what? Uh, I, I, I go. I for wanted it, to huh? ask because uh, yeah. I played this on Wii, obviously, so I had to do motion controls. And the other Switch people, did you do motion or uh, joystick? Jeremy. Well, I had already played it on the Wii, so I felt like I got that experience. So All I, right, I wanted to do the whole one on on joystick, Connor. I played motion controls with the two Joy-Con. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, and I'm. We got a good spread here. Yeah, we got a nice uh, spread of experience. And um, yeah, when I finished this game for the first time, I meant to say this earlier. I'm so glad that we actually, Jeremy caught, pointed out that we forgot, that I forgot July. Hmm. Um, <laughs> when I finished this game, I remember thinking that this was like my favorite Zelda and which basically made it my favorite game. Really? That is not the case anymore. Whoa. Uh, mm-hmm. But there was a moment where I was just like, oh my gosh, that was just the most amazing thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to get into it. This game, yeah. and, you know, for all of its... Uh, what its, took over your top spot? Uh, about a hundred other games. Uh, <laughs> oh, not even just sell the games. You're just yeah. throwing in other games. Okay. Well, Majora's Mask is my favorite game right, of right, all time, right. but I do, I still really like this one. Uh, great. Now that we actually got to hear from July, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and move on. And hit a little bit of the broad strokes of this game. Okay, I guess that was cut short. Let's move on. All right. Getting into the broad strokes of this game, I do want to lay the groundwork before we really get into the history and context and the release and reception and then the book club portion. Um, So I'll go ahead and just kick this off for us. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword is the second Legend of Zelda game for the Nintendo Wii, but the first to be originally developed for it. It is the 16th mainline entry in the Zelda series and is best known for its divisive motion controls, starting the Zelda timeline, aggressive hand-holding by sidekick Fee, and memorable story and relationship between Link and Zelda. It was released worldwide in November 2011, and as we've already said, included the Wii Motion Plus accessory, uh, which enhanced the motion control capabilities. It was also the first Zelda game to use a live orchestra for the majority of its tracks, which wow. that's Beautiful. something that I will I will talk about the music a bunch later, but that I kind of forgot about this game, but yeah, it's everywhere. Like, <laughs> it really does, I, I think, add... Um, I don't know if it just necessarily just makes the music better because of that, but I think it does add to it in many spots. Um, Taking the role of Link, players navigate the floating island of Skyloft and the land below it, completing quests that advance the story, figure that, solving environmental and dungeon-based puzzles. Link heads on a quest to rescue his childhood friend Zelda after she is kidnapped and brought to the surface below Skyloft and abandoned land below the clouds. Ten years after the initial release, Skyward Sword HD was released for the Nintendo Switch, which we've talked a little bit about today already, with the option to use button controls. It also had HD graphics and a frame rate of 60 frames per second, laddie, a reduction in fee interruptions, and a few other quality of life improvements, and also an amiibo that I know July has that allows you to teleport to, I think, any bird statue, and also, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! Barely it never wants to show it to us with your yeah. ba- trick it's backgrounds. A, oh, there we go. Zelda amiibo. Yeah. It's nice. a Zelda in the Loftwing, and I think it also lets you like teleport out of a dungeon. 
Yeah, let's see. It says travel between the sky and the surface anytime. Mm. Yeah. Can you open it up? Ruin the the value? No. Nah. Jai, will you open it up? Sorry. Can't do box. that. I was actually hoping you'd keep it closed, so that actually works out for me. Yeah, so it was an interesting little uh, amiibo that was released for it, and it's a little bit controversial because that is a feature that could save you a lot of time and headache in this game that they locked behind an amiibo, something Nintendo just loves to do. Uh, And, you know, I still actually had a pretty good time with the HD version, but with all the backtracking, man... Yeah, that would have been, been nice just to have great. as a feature. July, did you actually use the amiibo <laughs> while you were playing? No, and I'm interested to. You thought you this would have saved time. I feel like even with this, it would you would still have to fly to certain places. That's a good question. I mean, because I didn't get to oh, use I thought it, you so said I it was a fast travel. It, yeah, I think it is. I think it just is. Um, Wait, you bounce out of dungeons and stuff out? Yeah, because in the dungeons, you cannot yeah. get to the sky. You have to go outside and use one of the, the statues outside. But I think outside. that's what this amiibo allows you. Yes, this amiibo yeah. allows you to, to just from the dungeon go up into the sky. So I guess yeah. it would help in that sense. Yeah, not that I was, you know, leaving dungeons really ever. Because I'm, t- I'm a big boy. I'm a tough guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just did want to mention that amiibo. Um, great. Uh, any broad strokes you all fellas feel like mm-hmm. we should hit on that we haven't touched yet? Just um, some like points that we're probably going to elaborate on later. Uh, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, before the recording, I had a couple bombshell things to <laughs> to share. <laughs> bombshell yes. one. Yeah. yeah, so I guess I'll share the first bombshell here <laughs> and maybe the other one later when it comes up during the discussion of the story of the game. Maybe you could plant a little Deku uh, nut. So or seed. You know it's coming. Well, yeah. Either way. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the story has been spoiled. Uh, which, I'm, uh, which I, I'm hoping to get an apology for later on. I know. Well, that was wild. Because, it's a broad uh, We'll, we'll, we'll see. No, it wasn't really a spoiler. Hold, hold on. Set, we'll see. So. Hold on. Okay. Well, you're ruined. You just ruined the second <laughs> bombshell now. <laughs> so do I do that one instead of the first one? No, do the no. first one. Keep on the first. No. Okay. So. Throughout this whole series of me playing through all these games, uh, I have been honest and I've admitted that I've taken a peek at some of the walkthroughs here and there to sort of help me figure out where I need to go next because totally. some of these games don't tell, don't like give you a big hint of what to do next or where to go. Now, with this game... It's the first in the entire series that I did not have to look at a walkthrough mm, at all. Wow. Boom. Went in blind, loved every second of it, truly surprising to me. Mm. And I still feel like I got most of the side quests done wow. on the way to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Nice Great. filming. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to talk about just quickly put into context some of the motion control stuff uh, yeah if we can please. all put ourselves back in 2011 or when, when did this game come out 2013 2011 2011 2011 yeah if we can all put ourselves back there for a second okay i got like, mugged on in that year okay, so it's pretty yeah. dark right, well not year exactly for me. that not exactly everything personally that happened to you oh but okay. like just you know well, the mindset uh pretty foggy the, the wii de- the wii was like like motion controls like 
we all wanted to just do a sword game with motion yeah. controls. That was the promise of the Wii originally. And up until this point, there was Red Steel 2 for the Wii, but there really wasn't a big flagship Nintendo sword game. Because even Twilight Princess featured some hot yeah. bow action, but it didn't really feature any kind of great sword play. Yes, and that's important to point out. The sword swinging in that game, while you did gesture with the Wiimote, it was just a, a pack, like a stock swing that Link would do yeah. left or right. It was yeah. like it was like a surrogate for just hitting the A button or yeah. whatever. But this was the actual answer that we had been waiting for for the sword stuff. So, and I, uh, for like motion control sword play. Now, I think say what you want about it. And like, I'm sure we're all going to complain about it at some point because it, it, it does not work 100% right. But I will say that for the, at the time, I, you couldn't have convinced me otherwise that like it wasn't awesome. Cause I remember thinking <laughs> like this was awesome and it respond like with the Wii Motion Plus when I would swing it horizontally it would respond horizontally and vertically it would respond vertically i remember the only real slash that i had a big problem with was the thrust the thrust for whatever that was reason all trendy. it didn't work always or 100 right and that came into a that caused me a big problem when i had to fight the final boss and it's like mm -hmm. all thrust stuff uh you have to do but um but yeah i i just like for it's like just for some context that like we will eventually talk about how people hate the motion controls in this game and i just you know as someone who lived back in that time this game got like a hundreds on metacritic it was like <laughs> yeah. wildly revered as being great and the motion controls that everyone by all accounts were like these are great motion controls absolutely um as i a, remember uh, also liking that a lot jeremy and being not really having any qualms at the time i may have had there may have been moments that i had issues with but i think i was just in and the in the fact that we had something close enough to this like promise of what we had sort of hoped for for using your Wiimote as a sword was this. Hearn, were you yeah. going to say something? I was and will. Um, as someone who finally got to play it for the first time, as intended, Wii Motion Plus, Wii Controls in the year of our Lord 2021, I like the motion controls a lot. Uh yeah, we being new to Wii Motion Plus was a lot of fun because it was kind of the promise not just of the Wii Motion controls for like swords, but like with the Wii Sports Resort game, like a lot of cool things were done with the Motion Plus one to one movement. And yeah, like off Jeremy, it's not perfect all the time. My gripe was that bowling the bombs sometimes oh, was a little yeah. finicky. Oh yeah, but. I liked like the actual feeling of like the angle, the way you slashed actually mattered. Especially there were like enemies where or like puzzles where that mattered a lot. Like my favorite enemy to fight was the totem pole because you had to do like a slash across horizontally a couple times. Yeah, the, and the then, Beamos for you Zelda yes. fans out there. Yeah, sorry, mm. the totem pole. Uh, I'm not a nerd. Uh, so and then when he was finally at the end, you had like thrusted in the end, and it really felt like a very cool kind of like Zaro-ish feint of like I'm making my mark, and then heart thrust kill. It was so, it was rewarding feeling. It was a lot toward and just tapping A or like f uh, figuring out how to do like combos and stuff. It felt like a physical combo. It was cool. It worked still. And like, yeah, I think they had some degree of fun with some of the gadgets we'll talk about, I'm sure. But like, that was just, it was cool to see it work and still have novel uh, purpose in this day and age. Yep, absolutely. Um, thank you, Jeremy. I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, the only other thing I would say now that I've had and a little thank chance. thank you, Hearn. 
for sure. Yeah, no, I'm mostly just going to... No, I know I'm not helped. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm not helped. Um, the, the last thing I want to bring up for the broad strokes was uh, that this game was uh, released in the 25th anniversary of the franchise. Uh, and mm. also, we'll get into it a little bit, but uh, is the game to... That they announced and kicked off the Zelda timeline with this, and this is the first chronologically in the series. So this kicks off the entire series. Which I uh, didn't know playing yeah. ever. It allows you to do a lot of retconning. Um, but you know what? It mostly works, and it's mostly fun, and who cares? Uh, but yeah, that's it for the broad strokes. Let's go ahead and get into the game history and context. <laughs> Right. So, with the game history and context up for us, I want to start with a little development. Um, so I'm going to just kind of read this and make it as brief as pof- possible. As you can see, I've got a few chunky paragraphs here, mm. but it's, I always like hitting on this. So I'm tired here. of looking at these paragraphs. Okay, Hern. Uh, <laughs> we'll take an app if you need to. to the mic. Uh, here I go for us. Skyward Sword's development began in 2006 after the release of Twilight Princess for GameCube and Wii. It was developed by Nintendo EAD with assistance from the Kyoto branch of Monolith Soft, which I didn't know that. They also helped with uh, Breath of the Wild as well. Uh, and they're the mm. um, the Xenoblade uh, developers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Hearn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hearn, that's, that triggered something with Hearn. I woke up, I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was great. Uh, Mr. Zelda, a.k.a. producer of most modern Zelda games, A.G. Anima, served as producer for Skyward Sword, during which he speculated whether or not developers could continue creating games for the series using the same mindset that they had used up to and including Twilight Princess. It's kind of an interesting little quote here. Sort of, I don't know what if that makes any of you think but for me i feel like that is the deku nut that is planted which where we see the huge uh sway from the formula with breath of the wild um so which i think a lot of fans were sort of feeling that by this point too um because you know there is the zelda formula which is really well known uh you are the hero you go get your three you get uh, on a train, you become y- the conductor of that train. You know the formula. <laughs> yeah, of course. Always train-based. Uh, <laughs> you know you go get your three first little stones or MacGuffins. You then, uh, the twist in the game comes. Then you go and get your other additional uh, stones or songs or whatever they are. More MacGuffins. You, or train parts. <laughs> or trains. You're still on a train. Um you get the master sword, you, and then you eventually go fight and kill Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank <laughs> fight Engine. Thomas is, the Tank Engine, who's drunk with power, um, mm-hmm. and he lives in the uh, Gerudo Desert. Uh, but yeah, you go ahead and uh, defeat Ganon and save Zelda and and rinse repeat. That's a lot of that. Anyway, um, Skyward Sword was directed by Hidemaro Fujibayashi also known for the Oracle games, Four Swords, Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, and what would be the future release of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. According to Anima, the team's starting point for development 
was the Wii version of Twilight Princess sort of used as the skeleton to build this game off of. Feeling that they had not fully realized their goal of creating a vast and realistic world with that game, they used their previous work as a foundation for this one. They sought to create a memorable experience equivalent to that of Ocarina of Time. Uh, any guesses as to what this means or what they were maybe hoping for? Because I do sort of see it. I feel like I see what the result of that was with this game. But do any of you have any thoughts on that? No. Great. Um, Wait, what are you talking about? So they sought to create a memorable experience equivalent to that of Ocarina of Time. Can you repeat the whole thing? Sorry. That's about where I'm going to start it and end it. Um, (laughs) It essentially, I mean, Ocarina of Time is probably still the most popular and widely known Zelda game. Um, It's also the branching point for the series. You know, Mm. of course, at this point, it's where the timeline kicks off. Um, The game, as much as it is recreating the experience of A Link to the Past, 3D games are recreating the experience of Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. So I think they wanted something that was uh, as impactful as that game had been. And to me, I feel like I see that in the story and the whole timeline thing. Yeah, so... Absolutely. And um, I don't know if this is sort of what you were kind of inching us to, to say, but I can see the inspiration of all the Breath of the Wild mechanics in this, like yeah. the stamina wheel and uh, having oh, a yeah. pouch to carry certain items. You have to kind of choose what you're going to take with you. Yep. Um, which I kind of at first was like, I don't know if I like that, but then it does add this new challenge of you know you got to pick and choose what you take with you on your journey i i here's my thing about skyward sword that i think is where where we get it like where the trouble kind of stems from with the game and that's like like breath of the breath of the well this might even be this might be the first negative thing like so here we go we're opening up the negative box breath of the wild is like this this it departs the uh from the Zelda formula because yes. the technology suddenly allows it to. Like, it's now this big, open, vast world, and it looks so be- gorgeous and mesmerizing. And, like, even on the Switch, like, that game's barely being held together with duct tape. Like, the yes. frame rate will drop, like, all the time and stuff. But it's still, like, a, a great experience, especially docked. Um, Skyward Sword is them trying to like maybe try to do something like that, like have this different, kind, but they're not updating their technology. So they're just using the Wii again. And it doesn't like, it, it doesn't have like power enough to really do anything that big. That's why like, I mean, I, I'm not sure if that's why this game is feels so empty all the time, but like, I think that's part of why is like, they're like, what if we had this big sprawling sky city with all these sky islands? And they're like, great, but we can only have like four islands and they have to be tiny max for the whole map. (laughs) (laughs) And then it's like, and then it, and then it ends up being this thing of like, it ends up just feeling exactly the Zelda formula again. Yeah. It it just, it feels like, like the bullseye for exactly what every other game 
was. Um, it's not more open. It's not. It's. It's. If anything, it's maybe more linear than any of the. I other think games. so. Yeah. It totally is, which yeah. I think yeah. is why it was helpful for me to get through without a guide. And I don't mind the linearity of it. I actually don't think that's something that works against it at all. I. I. I like. I like that part of it. But I think that just like. It, it's like you see you see Nintendo, and I blame more Nintendo than the developers. I blame like the whole company's ethos in general, which is like, wow, let's do the let's do let's try to get the most like wring this rag completely dry of this rag old, crappy technology. Because <laughs> at that point, the Wii was <coughs> basically a GameCube. It was just a yeah. GameCube again, and and at that point, we had the PS3 and the Xbox 360, which was like. Light HD graphics. HD graphics. You couldn't even get an HDMI cable for your Wii. So, uh, yes. like, yeah, I think... I, 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 think I have a it, question, Jeremy. Yeah. I never played the original, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the major difference between the HD remake and the old one? Can you... Yeah, and unfortunately, it's like that the... the I, I, so if you're playing the old one on a CRT, that's gonna look better than the HD one looks on an HD TV. Because I don't know if you noticed, but oh, like wow. it's just hard to bring that up to. It ends up looking like a PS2 game that you made an HD remake. I don't know if you've ever played like the GTA games that are mm-hmm. that you can play on your PS4 now and stuff. But yeah. like that to me is kind of how Skyward Sword looks like. It looks a little better than that, but. It's it's pretty much just like it's like you're looking at just a GameCube game that they've upresed to 1080p and put in 60 frames. So it HD you're talking about H, HD, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I think I think like I think the game looks if it looks good at all, it's because Nintendo games just look good. Like they always look very good. And yeah. I and the watercolor aesthetic of this game is like kind of there. It kind of shines through. But for the most part, if you really, this game is meant to look like standard definition on a, on a. CRT. Do you think Twilight Princess HD looks better than this? Actually, no. But I do think Wind Waker yeah. HD looks yeah, looks yeah. incredible yeah. compared oh, yeah. to its GameCube counterpart. Well, that's what was interesting about this art style. I guess I'll talk about it now. I don't know if we're, it's a whole. Section Let's hold about off. It later. Let's hold <laughs> off right now. I don't want to <laughs> dive. Pump I don't want to dive too breaks. much into this. Yeah, we're, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. It's okay. It's it is Jeremy's fault as long as we all acknowledge <laughs> that. Um, we're gonna spend time okay, on I'll this. Agree. I want to get through the rest of the development and then the release and reception before we share too much of our opinions. Um, because that's what I want the main event to be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, picking up where we left off. Uh. Development lasted around five years, and according to series producer, producer Shigeru Miyamoto, the game's budget was considered high for a Nintendo project. I mean, go figure. It's a Zelda game. Like, what else is going to be high? Uh, by June 2011, <laughs> the game was complete, aside from fine-tuning and balancing its mechanics, and the team faced a lot of problems when designing the game so, um, because they were hoping that it would be familiar to series fans and fresh to both old and new players. Yeah, I guess that is sort of a hard line to walk. Um, This included the implementation of an abundance of motion controls with the Wii Motion Plus, as we've already talked about a pretty good amount so far, Um, and uh, which is truly used for like everything in this game. Uh, At one point, this resulted in design starting from square one. After the release of Wii Sports Mm. Resort, a game that Hearn has brought up today, Hell the yeah. team saw how motion controls could be used for sword play 
and the artificial intelligence needed to counter player moves, um, which is probably, I mean, when you fight the most basic of, like, Moblin in this game, if you take too long to swing your sword when it's in a cert- held in a certain side, they'll move over to block you. Um, mm-hmm. That's where a little bit of that comes in. Um, getting into the release and reception, uh, at E3 2008, Miyamoto confirmed that a new Zelda game was in development for the Wii, and it was unveiled a year later at E3 2009, but with no title or gameplay that was shown. A 2010 release window was announced with just promotional art of Link and Fee. And I actually think I do remember this and wondering, like, what is going on here? Who is this blue lady? Uh, she looks like a stone, like a statue. What is this? Um, <laughs> the game would eventually be pushed to 2011, and the extra year was used for both to both finish the game's core elements and polish it up as a whole. A bevy of promotional material was made, including a five-part comic written and illustrated, by Jerry Holkins and Mike Krahulik under the Penny Arcade Presents. Um, and I believe it's sort of a, uh, like a precursor to Skyward Sword. So like how like the lore gets us there with like Hylia and the hero and whatnot. Uh, a memorable demo was also played on Jimmy Fallon's show, resulting in a near disastrous optics for the motion controls. What like, does it, that mean? <laughs> I just I just YouTubed it now because I saw that ahead and I was like, I gotta see this. To give the game credit, Jimmy Fallon is not playing it very well. He's really slashing around. He he is not taking into context the motion plus. That yeah, it, I think Reggie goes on the show. Yeah, it's with Reggie. It's very 2011 for that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> is he uh, just laughing too much? He's having too much fun? <laughs> yeah, he keeps he keeps breaking to camera, and it's really yeah. off-putting for us comedy okay. fans. Yeah, come that, on, that, Reggie. Come that, on, don't that, be breaking. That could, make, that could give Nintendo some bad optics. I, if, if, <laughs> if Fallon's just breaking constantly during the segment. Oh, oh it's Fallon breaking. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it just like didn't go well, and it didn't uh, present the game in a way that Nintendo was hoping, or in a way that looked like the controls actually worked very well. Um, <laughs> so that was an issue. Uh, but upon release, Skyward Sword received critical acclaim from many magazines and websites with perfect scores from Famitsu, IGN, Eurogamer, Game Informer, Edge Magazine, which is July's magazine of choice, and VideoGamer.com. Love Edge. Um, Jeremy was also talking about that earlier, how highly praised this game was uh, on on its release, and it was true. It was, like, lauded when it first came out. Um, It received a lot of this recognition for its story, music, gameplay, and innovation for the series. And since that time, as we've already chronicled, it's become one of the more divisive games in the series, with criticism levied at the pacing, motion controls, hand-holding, and repetitive elements. These criticisms are likely what pushed Nintendo over the edge to embrace New Horizons with Breath of the Wild. That's a little bit of editorializing by me. Um, now the HD version, now that it has been released, there seems to be sort of, it feels like the, sort of like a middle ground that's been met now, where um, I don't know if many people would still say, fight as hard saying it's like the best game ever, the best Zelda game. I also think there are probably less people that would just call it complete garbage, which there was a time where that was just, it was just so hated. And I think there are still some people out there, but they're fewer in number. And um, uh, can I, if I, can I editorialize please. a little bit just on top oh. of that too? If you, please, Father. Um, if you see, so if you, if you could take, consider that like this was developed by the team that would go on to make Breath of the Wild. 
It almost doesn't make sense, but then when you look at Breath of the Wild 2 and what we've seen of it, it almost looks like they're trying to like get what they always tried dreamed of with Skyward Sword in this sequel and that they're going back to the sky and they're having mm-hmm. this whole sky adventure that seems to that I mean again like we don't know much about Breath of the Wild 2 but in what we have seen I, I did notice I was like hmm we're back in the we're back in the skies again I wonder if they're trying to finally make good on this idea that they had a long time ago with Skyward Sword You think Bruce I, is coming back? I, if Groose comes back, then we'll know for sure. That's Groose is definitely that like thing that, that everyone thinks Gan- it's Ganon. It's actually Groose. Yeah. Well, what if, I mean, I would accept just like a statue to Groose in the sky. Oh, that would Something be cool. Like mm. <laughs> um, I think also, we'll get into this with the book club, but the HD version, I think, has made a really big difference for a lot of people uh, in maybe swaying opinion. It's hard to say some good and some bad with that. But we'll get into it. Um, And with that, let's go ahead and transition into the book club portion of the episode. Okay, so... uh, it's book club time, baby. So now I'm not going to tell anyone to be quiet. Um, but I do sort of want to do our best to, when we're on a topic, give it its give it its due diligence um, before we immediately rush to something else so I don't have to, like, steer us completely back. And where I want to begin today, um, and we can eventually ping pong around, uh, see what where we get it taken organically, uh, is with... The Zelda timeline. Now, we've already said with the 25th anniversary when this was released, Nintendo released their official timeline. I don't know if Hyrule Historia came out the same year. It, it may have, but this is when, all after all the years of Zelda fans speculating, like, what's the order? What do mm-hmm. these games mean? Like, are they related? I mean, the art's so different. Um, now, here we are with an actual definitive timeline, and this is the first in the entire series. Um, Jeremy, we, we've talked a little bit about the timeline this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and in fact, did two whole episodes on it? <laughs> uh, and then I feel like I did a third one in the Ocarina of Time episode when we talked at great length with July and Jake Sprague about the timeline yet again. I felt like exhaustedly uh-huh, repeating this game myself. spoils you know, <laughs> during that discussion. But yeah, um... Uh, about about the timeline, I want to know how everyone feels about this being the first entry in the timeline. I'll go first by saying, I wish it was more. I wish there was more firsts. Like this game almost feels like you could actually make a game before it. Definitely, there's like a bunch of lore. There's a bunch of lore that's already happened. And right. I well, that's what. So Breath of the Wild comes way after this. Right. That's supposedly the end of the timeline, supposedly. Because it feels like Breath of the Wild would be before this mm-hmm. because there's so many allusions to like old technology and it's all those like super high-tech robots and that feels very much all Breath of the Wild is. Yeah. I agree. I, th- I think yeah, there's, if there it. seems to be just like a little bit of like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too where this just feels like a regular Zelda story. 
but they're just saying, oh, this one's first. But like, what if this was an actual first game and like, like, like Link and Zelda and everything get established here? Like, there's already a Zelda before Zelda in this game. Yeah. So mm. I'm there's like, the goddess Hylia. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of like, that's. I wish that. I wish. I wish. That's just, the first game. Yeah, that's the first game. Is like we, when we get to actually see the goddess Hylia and the original warrior, and we see the three gods, and we see like, you know, like. It, so to me, it's always felt like nuts, like just barely satisfying at all as a first game. I don't know how mm. do you guys. Mm-hmm. Feel? I totally agree. While I do, you know, I do like it as the beginning of the series, and I, I like the things they kick off, the things they pay homage to, the the like nods to fans in this game. Um, but like the majority of the timeline, it never really adds up perfectly. And by perfectly, I mean like at all uh, a lot of the time. As, and I can be entertained by it. I love the splitting of the timeline in Ocarina of Time into the fallen, the adult, and the child timelines. Uh, it's interesting. It's fun to talk about but i don't put a lot of stock into it is is how i feel and i'm with you man like there's a whole game they could have done in the stuff they cover in this game the stuff they get told to you yeah there's a whole war that happens before this and like yeah you never see the wars all all stuff that happens before they go to the sky and like yeah i'm just kind of like why you know why make this grand gesture that this is the first game if you're not and i don't know what it is i mean what like what what do we think makes it the first zelda game is this is this just because it's the first time demise shows like what is the because it's not the first time demise shows up well the master sword right too oh so yeah yeah i did yeah maybe that's it maybe it's that this is the first time the master sword has been created it's it it's a couple things too It's, it's the master sword thing it's the uh, actually settling on the surface, even though, I mean, mm. there's definitely been people there before, settling on the surface and establishing Hyrule. And then it's, this is the story where the goddess Hylia, who I think is actually even introduced in this game, um, basically sacrifices her form as a deity and becomes human as Zelda, which kicks off the Zelda uh, lineage and and their connection to the gods. Uh so those are the sort of things, but other than that, yeah, it's like it could sort of just be another Zelda game, which it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's just uh, um, kind of like whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I I would say uh, overall, I'm like happier that we have the timeline just for fun's sake and something to yeah. chat about um, than not. But it was, I think, easy for them as this game came out to sort of shape everything around this game. Uh, including the the beginning of it. July, did you, July or Hearn, were any of you eager to speak about the this kicking off the timeline? At all? I have a, I have a question about it. If uh, this is this goes out to everybody, do you think this is maybe considered the Phantom Menace of the Zelda universe? Yes, and you know what? We're this game would have come out what like ten years or eleven years after Phantom Menace, so. Mm-hmm. Um, or that, or um, something Harry Potter related, and I want I want to talk mm. about Harry Potter at some point because I feel like this game, uh, Harry Potter was real big around this time, and oh, it yeah. shares a lot of mm. interesting yeah, similarities. I didn't even think about that, yeah, yeah, all the 
There's like a Quidditch match that happens. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, that's very Harry Potter. That doesn't come back, weirdly. I thought we're going to be doing more of that in the game. Which I actually don't hate that. Like I, I like again. Like the, I mean, we'll talk about flying. I'm sure at some point, but the flying's only bad because it's it's there's nothing to do, you yeah. know. Like the flying's yeah. not bad, like mechanically necessarily. It's just bad because it's boring. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, on this uh, subject, I sort of want to uh, steer us into the story and characters. This is a big, broad one, but. I think for me personally, this is as much as its connection to the rest of the series is a little suspect. I think this is these are some of the strongest elements of this game. And, and it's not necessarily like that's not a nuanced opinion. It's no, nothing new. I think that's a common, commonly held opinion. But I love the story and characters. Do any of you have uh, July? This is your first time playing the game. How did you feel about it? You sort of just like took this to like got an IV of Skyward Sword. What do you think about the story having being so fresh off it? Yeah, I guess I did inject this into my veins, as the kids say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I loved all the characters. When uh, you say I, kids, um, yeah, what? How old are kids in your perspective? Being because you are. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I don't say, but. I'm sure I don't use that kind of language, but I know it's like online language and online language is always changing so quick. So that's, that's mm. what I mean when I say kids. Just when like I think Ruffle, we got it. Like R-O-F-L? Yeah, like I don't even know what that is. Oh, interesting. It could mean he's really old or really young. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but uh, your opinion about the story? Uh, the story's great. Uh, it does, uh, you know, we mentioned this before. It's sort of, you know, your classic Zelda story. You're, you you're out and you have to collect certain things to move on to the next thing but you know outside of that those objectives uh, it is interesting to learn about all this history and where all these characters come from and to you know hear about the the lineage of of zeldas and it, it was really touching at the end with the whole impa thing mm. uh th- th- that's just to me, I was really surprised. Like, oh, okay. Like, I kind of knew already. Like, yeah. oh, this has to be the old, the old one lady that... and then the young lady. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is Impa right here. You can kind of tell. They had, like, the same kind of braid, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll even notice at the end of the game, when she gives her the bracelet, she's, like, had it the whole time the old one has. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of, like, uh, it's so funny because they're so shocked when they realize yeah. it but yeah. you're you as playing the game, you're like come on it was so obvious yeah. yeah uh but it was shocking to me when she just sort of you know disappears into i don't know what she just becomes to the force she yeah came, to the force yeah, yeah. and tomato chlorians yeah that's what i'm talking about there's so much star wars that that's uh yeah straight up uh kenobi right there Zelda, come Hearn, to Dagobah. I, I want to hear. I want to hear Hearn. What's what is your uh, feelings on the story? Well, yeah, like we touching on how this is like setting up the first of the timeline. I did not know that coming in. I didn't know. I don't really take the timeline too seriously either, and I don't really like try to figure it out. I just have fun with whichever Zelda I'm playing. But I did find it oddly touching at the end, like this idea that like this quest that he goes on will be repeated almost ad nauseum because he's like always going to have to save Zelda, always going to be there for Zelda. It's like a touching way to sort of set up this is the start of the series is this idea of like there's a joy to visit each new adventure. 
uh, and then its own individual story and its setting is cool. Like in theory, more than like execution, obviously when we talk about flying, but like the Skyloft and the Night Academy are like it's a cool environment for Zelda. Oh, sorry, for Link to be in to like set up becoming a hero, Dana out on this big adventure. The beginning is a little like takes a little bit to get going, but then when you're like going to all the like new dungeons and worlds, it is it does feel like and you have that home base to go back to. It does feel like the setting of like a real good adventure. Yeah, um, I think then, yeah, I like the story a lot. I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's uh, and I like the care. I think you're right, Connor. The characterizations of all the different characters, some you've seen before, some you've never yeah. met before, I think are all really strong. Um, I don't think that it, I think that it borrows from things like Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and uh, Harry Potter is actually a good thing. I think it's something that works in its favor because it's almost like Zelda's this to me this franchise that's always borrowed so much from other Western like fantasy lore stuff that it um, that it really makes a lot of sense that it would be pulling in from all these other sources, and I really do. And as touching as I find the ending. Uh, to be after you beat Demise, the whole ending with Demise I find to be very disturbing of yes. the thing he says to you, which is basically like, it's actually the same thing that Captain Hook says to Robin Williams in the end of the movie <gasps> Hook, which is basically like, if you don't kill me, like I'll, I'll always be there. Like There will always be a Captain Hook as long as there's a Peter Pan. I'll haunt your children and your children's children forever mm-hmm. and ever. Which also comes back to Star Wars in the balance of the Force. It must always be balance of the of good, good the, you yeah. know, the dark side versus the light or whatever. It's haunting guys, to be guys. stuck in a cycle <laughs> like that. You know, it's it is, and it's, it's one of those. It's one of my favorite parts of this game when Demise tells you that at the end. It's a very easy way for the creators and Nintendo to, you know, justify why this formula has been used for all of their games forever. But there's also so much, I think, not just like uh, commonality that it has with other stories like we've already talked about, but it's one of those things that unfortunately is, is, is I mean, it depends on how you look at it. It sort of seems like a bummer to me. It feels like just the reality is that there's unfortunately like always going to be good and always going to be evil almost. Always uh, going to be uh, a guy always trying gonna to be, re- resurrect the true evil guy. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out to like, I know we, we, we joke around about Groose a lot, but genuinely I think a very funny character in this game. Like oh, I laughed awesome. out loud at Groose yeah, several I times. I wasn't joking. I love this guy. And Groose. Uh, <laughs> I love Groose. Is his name Garahim? Garahim. Garahim is, yeah. is so much, is such a weird David Bowie-esque like fun villain. I, I really, love him so much. Yeah. I think it is the most sort of straight out of an anime type yeah. of villain in thrown in here and it uh-huh. I, I i love i love his whole his whole vibe his uh, those uh battles against and we'll talk about this later but those felt very much like ooh, this isn't like like a zelda this has happened happened in a zelda game before this feels feels fresh a little mm-hmm. bit yeah. yeah there's not like a lot of like sword fights in zelda games yeah like, you always have a sword but you get that with Girahim and both demise in this one and Honestly, some of the more, I mean, once you get the hang of it and understand how the, I think the controls are working and maybe for you two doing button, it was different, but 
I also did have to like reteach myself how to approach these battles, um, which I remember feeling that on the Wii for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, yeah, I love Garahim is is really fantastic. It's sort of cool how he's like the opposite end of the coin of fee. Like fee is like the spirit of the sword. Or what? I think that's an okay way to describe that. Yeah, and he becomes the oh, sort of evil. Genuinely uh, surprised at that Definitely. moment. Yeah. like it it made so much sense when it happened, uh, but I was not. I did not see it coming, and I had played the game before. That's what was crazy. Oh. So when Girahim becomes the sword, he sacrifices his own humanity to become an object well uh, does he or does demise just kill him and make him to sort without it seems like he was into it yeah okay <laughs> okay it was it there's like some kind of weird hellraiser ishness to it yeah like, it's just very dark um yeah i do you guys he, think this game is darker than twilight princess in some ways like hmm. or Maybe. as dark I think with the themes, but with the, you know... Not the art with style. The art style, yeah, which I was, was, was going to bring up earlier is... Uh, before I was shut down. the uh, <laughs> I think it does a, a thing with... Maybe they were going for it. It blends sort of the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess yeah. into its yeah. own thing. And I think maybe that's why you feel like it doesn't look as good, Jeremy. Yeah, I think I I just yeah I don't know. What do you guys think about the look though? I want to hear. Do you guys? Think I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I have to admit, playing it uh, from my Wii connecting to an HDMI converter to my TV wasn't the best look for it. Sometimes it mm-hmm. got washed out. But yeah. in theory, I saw how great it looked, and I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought very distinguishable, definitely from other Zelda games, even from Wind Waker, which was also like big and bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like as far as I could tell, it looked cool. Yeah, from what Hearn was saying about the um, about that washed out nature, that's kind of how I've always felt about the Wii because I've never, mm. I think by the time that game came out, I mean I was playing on it even the most basic of HD TV, so you know using mm. the red blue yellow cables to plug in was mm-hmm. was rough. Um, even I happen to have a uh, like a component cable now for the Wii, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really help too much, but. Now I'm actually I was on the opposite end of you, Jeremy. I actually ended up liking the visuals so much better, and I think that had a lot to do with the frame rate being 60 frames per second. I think that helped me with the art style. Yeah, I know that doesn't hurt. Can't hurt. Yeah, to have I know that that's not exactly like an art style thing. That's just the way the game is running. But for me, it helped, and I felt like I the world felt a little more alive. But I do like the painterly art style. I will say. It seems like they continued with that and made an even twice as good version with Breath of the Wild. Yeah, um, that's oh, for sure. Current. And I oh, think, yeah, yeah. I think that's that is, and and I wonder how much of the issues people have with Skyward Sword are simply because Breath of the Wild exists. Like, I'll I'll be honest, I don't remember pre twenty seventeen hearing anything about people not liking Skyward Sword. I think that discourse. My theory really? is that discourse happened after Breath of the Wild came out and they realized what a good Zelda game is. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I want to say, I cannot say for sure, but I want to say that I had our, I had soured on it, so maybe I'm just assuming that discourse was out there. Um, and, But I don't know, Jeremy. That's a really good question. If only we could go back and watch it play out. We use the door of time yeah. to see how it, how it happens. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, 
one thing I wanted to hit on um, as well, just wanted to take us back a little bit, was we talked about Groose for a second. Jeremy, you were talking about how funny he is. He's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's this big, bumbling, confident bully on Skyloft who has, like, is famously one of the best arcs in the entire series. Like, goes from this just, like, overzealous doofus to this <laughs> dude who, like, really uh, cares about other people and, like, throws himself in danger's way when when at the beginning I would have never guessed that. Uh, like, it, whether it's his relationship with, he calls her granny, but old Impa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Or how he sort of, he finally comes to accept Link for being a hero I thought was really great. Uh, Hearn, having played this this year, any any gruesome takeaways or anything that you felt like sharing about him? Yeah, just an entertaining character. Um, it does make the home base part feel like you even have your like, bully character that is always going to fail and like you can laugh at type of character. Um, I don't know. And at the very start, the obvious dynamic with Zelda and them, it's like, all right, this gives you like a little mini story at the start to complete almost. Yeah, he's got a fat crush on Zelda yeah, at he, the beginning. He's so I jealous mean, of your friendship. Big crush. Messy yeah. crush. A real <laughs> sloppy crush. Big crush. Uh, a fit with two C's crush, yeah. Yeah, but I kind of was like um, near the end of the game thinking, is this... Is there something bad going to happen? And is oh, he going to become no. Ganondorf or something? You know, he yeah. has that same build, you know? Yeah. That would He's be a very Nintendo hair. twist. Yeah. Just like the bully you jerked, you made a you mess of. Yeah, yeah, you jerked around at this time. That's how yeah. you conquer your bullies. <laughs> I. Uh, That's I'm how off. I did. I don't know what I, you guys are I talking about. I still think he represents Ganondorf. But here's what I'll I say. That. Sure, there's theories out there. I, but I will say mm. that I'm glad they didn't make him into that in, in the game. No, like, I like I like that he ends up just kind of being... <laughs> <laughs> I like how he ends up just being kind of your friend at the end. But like, mm-hmm. I still do think he's like... He represents the other piece of the Triforce, like yeah, the, the stupid power. That's what Ganondorf is. He's like dumb power, mm-hmm. He's power without courage and wisdom. You know, yeah. You know, someone has to go off and start the like the Gerudo tribe. So who's to say it's not like uh, Bruce who stays yeah. on the surface with? Um. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, and while we're on it, the last thing I really wanted to touch on was. The uh, relationship uh, between Link and Zelda in this mm-hmm. game. Um, the big thing I wanted to talk about was sort of how their relationship develops and more so um, her at the end, how she sort of, you know, admits to him like I, well, near the end, she's like, I used you to, for this purpose once I found out my destiny. But um, this game uh, was known for their special friendship it seems like it really teeters into like there's something romantic going on here um, early on yeah yeah the motivation at the start yeah um she even teases link a few times uh-huh. uh yeah July, a being being a romantic yourself he's <laughs> uh, got like blue balls yeah he's got blue bomb flowers uh july mm. any 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 thoughts about this relationship that we really haven't seen out of them before Huh. Well, as a romantic, uh, as you heard <laughs> me, I, I'll say that... Um, Correctly. I think, uh, yeah, I feel like this feels very much like a, a Harry Potter, Hermione Granger relationship a little bit. And 
maybe there, there's definitely a will they won't they throughout and I'm a little confused though is once Hylia Hylia goes into does that spirit go into Zelda's body and overtake her and she forgets her memories or is or just awakens old memories and she kind of is like oh this is my destiny this is what I have to do Hylia becoming a an actual human that happened ages ago right it happened ages ago okay i think so and i think she's like the descendant, the descendant. but which but means that she, which means that this isn't the first zelda right uh-huh. yeah that's kind of the positive thing <laughs> yeah that's that's the, and that's what my confusion was too um okay, but okay. I, I think to your question july i think it is more of the latter where yeah uh impa helps her Remember. I don't know if she just like snaps her fingers and she suddenly remembers. Well, in the credits, they kind of, I think, allude that she takes her around the whole place and kind of says, "Oh, well, yes, you know, go here and here." But um, but I think they have a, a strong uh, romantic relationship in this more so than any of the other games, right? Definitely. Um, Hell yeah. And Maybe they have Breath like of a wild s- is a little bit too, like that too. I can't remember. Yeah, but that one's it is kind of similar. This one is uh, is interesting because they have like an established relationship at yeah. the very beginning. Whereas most of the mm. time in the series, you're like going to meet her, and then you know you're both dragging each other along in this adventure. But this one, they know each other; it's an established relationship, and then things change for them mm. going through it. Jeremy, what about you? Any particular thoughts about their relationship at all? I well, you know, I I. Not really. I mean, I other than I love I love when they showcase the more Zelda you get in a game, the better. I think that's a really good sign. Um, and I will say this is no Spirit Tracks, you know. Uh, Spirit Tracks, I think, does have does hold the gold medal for amount of Zelda because she literally mm-hmm. is your partner in the game. Yeah. Zelda, the yes, ghost of true. Zelda. Is your escort? She's your fee in that game. And, yeah, uh, but how are, how are Link and that Zelda gonna get romantic? Think about it. It's not gonna hey, work. I don't have know you if seen... he can. I don't know if he can have sex with that ghost. But did you do the side quest in this game with the with the toilet paper and the ghost? I game? did. I did. And do you remember that what happens? Was great. It was <laughs> did great. we all give? Did we all give the the hand of the paper? Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's love so it, clear when because that, love is eternal, Connor. <laughs> yes, love is eternal, and uh, that bully character is so clear. Colin, like, don't, yeah, don't give this to the hand or whatever that ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it now that you said not to. Yeah, yeah that do that it little, so much. That little squat guy. Well, did you go back to him later when he's asleep at night? Yes. The hand is sort of like creepily stroking his hair, yeah, and he's and like having like a creepy nightmare. It's kind of inappropriate and that's all we see who knows what else that hand's doing <laughs> yeah that hand's doing a lot more i'll tell you that it's doing a lot more ew um, gross I, I, picking I, his nose i don't know if this is if this is i mean i joke about spirit tracks but i don't know if this is my favorite zelda link i really like ocarina that's time zelda link because i yeah. like that they meet as kids i think that's mm. like fun. yeah that's cute you see them as like kid friends and do you imagine like oh that's maybe a sweet love story will blossom from their mm-hmm. You know. Sheik is hard to pass up to. And then Sheik is oh, basically Sheik, like Catwoman, you know, yeah, which is great. Yeah. I just want to point out that the Link's hand Batman, in the toilet. Yeah. Link's Batman. Uh, Ganon's probably the Joker. Was also in Oracle of Ages. 
Oh, and Majora's Mask. Oh, okay. I still haven't played Majora's Mask officially. Except in the in those two, it's an actual like ha- like a gaunt hand. This okay, is like a physical ghost hand. It's a ghost. Ah, oh, boy. And, but with that side quest, you have the option to give the girl the letter that yes. Colin has a crush on. Right. But that would um, be a mistake. Which I've yeah. done that before, and so there's a whole side quest you can follow. Um, you get the same thing, right? No matter what, it's just gratitude stars. Yeah, you'll oh, just yeah. get it from, I think. That's another character that was brought up earlier that I do oh, love. Betro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this character. He's sort of like a initially, well, first off, the quest starts with uh, this woman in the village of yeah. Skyloft. Is, her child is missing. And of course, everybody knows Link. Everyone's asking Link, "Can you help?" Yeah, because uh, no one else in this village can, seems to have, to have time to help one another. It's always on <laughs> yeah, Link's shoulders. Yeah, kid, whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's eight people in this village. Link, help me identify which one is the pedophile killer. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's what I thought it was going to be. You know, it's sort of a again back to the dark themes and this like that. Oh, obviously, this is going to be some weird. Yeah. You know, maybe Batman-esque villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. And but uh you find out that this uh so-called kidnapper is actually not a kidnapper. It's just the friend of this young girl and it's a it's somebody who's been uh cursed uh to be this almost like a Dracula-esque monster character. Yeah. Big and and broad and at first, you're kind of. Uh, I thought I was gonna have to fight this character. Because she's screaming when you're like running in there. Yeah, and, then, and but there's a also like a, an action where you have to like run toward. Oh yes. Them, and then it kind of you know, there's a nice funny joke where it's sort of like the there's a record scratch and. <laughs> And then they're kind of explaining, well, no, 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 I'm not a bad guy. I'm just cursed. And I, yes. I, look, I look like this. Uh, please give me all these gratitude crystals so that I can return to my uh, original form, which I didn't get all of them, so I haven't completed that quest. Yeah. So I don't know what that character actually looks like, but I think the design of it and that whole start of that sequence is uh, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the most, for me at least, the most interesting part of any gratitude crystal quest you could do. Um, I I did a few of them, and then after I started doing them, I realized how boring some of them were, in my personal opinion. Like, you try mm-hmm. to help Fledge, who's your f- skinny friend who, like, wants to get stronger, and you have to, at two different points, give him two different stamina potions. Yeah. I like, think it's more than that. I did two, well, and then three. They're ask, they ask for more, Fledge asks for more, and I'm like, I'm not going to do this again. It's like, why, just have me do something different. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so I, the side content in this game is fine. I do like finding, like every time I found a goddess cube, it was exciting, but it kind of stinks that you have to, I mean, I don't really mind it, but you have to strike it and then get back up in the sky to get the reward. It'd be kind of cool if you were just, getting the reward what do you guys think yeah i kind of like the aesthetic i treated it as like a treat for when i'm finished with this area i go back to the sky then i'll do that and then i'll move on to the next thing that was like really the only incentive for flying around for me totally yeah yeah yeah. there's nothing else really to do with maybe the exception of one quest where someone's bird is like sick or something yeah Mm -hmm. um another gratitude crystals thing 
but yeah, the side content is fine. Uh, there is a there's a quest that I didn't do. It's actually a challenge where you can actually get the Hylian shield. Did anybody do I this? I did it. I yeah. did Ooh. not do this. This seemed like too much. It seemed like a bridge too far. It's very it's, easy. It's essentially, <laughs> July. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a series of boss rushes. Yes, and at first you're given the well. First off, um, uh, this. There are three dragons in this land yes. that you have to sort of uh, approach, and they'll give you a piece of um, the Song of Time, or I could be wrong. The Hero Song. Hero Song. Yeah. And one of them also, once you help them, I think it's a Dunder Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. In the Lanayru area. Yes. They give you the option to do, like, Boss Rush, or we haven't even talked about this the one part of the game that i did not like let uh he also offers oh you can do the silent trials which is yeah those were the worst replaying what? the sections of the game where you're stripped of all your items and weapons and, and you're being hunted by these spirits yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> did they do any quality of life to that to the hd because on wii it was really frustrating i, I don't like them on Ooh, on you, uh, Switch. You perv. I don't know if I like them on. I don't remember liking them on Wii. What are the differences? I don't know. Yeah, I don't I think know. There's less. Asking. There's less to collect. There's less okay. of like the little berries or whatever it is you're getting. I think yeah. there are a few. Oh, less, there's yeah. more in uh, the original. I think so. Oh, I would hate that then. Yeah, I. But I actually found that I was enjoying them in the Switch. Uh, the Switch version. Um, I, I, I don't like some of the other challenges the game makes you do, like go collect all these music note fish in this swimming <sighs> I did not gauntlet. like, that was one yeah. of the worst. That was the worst the thing I've played in a long time. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was at max depression that weekend when I had to do that. <laughs> and it was just uh, a nightmare. But this- all, all my life is collecting music notes <laughs> in the water. <laughs> They're little tadpoles. There are, here's one I mean, this this sort of leads into one of... I, I Again, I really like this game, but probably the biggest criticism I have of it is the repetition and something that I think Jeremy yeah. expressed to me, which helped me understand it, which is like a disrespect for the player's time. Uh, you yeah. Ooh, yeah. are not only repeating bosses mm-hmm. and challenges with almost imperceivable differences, but you are having to... <laughs> Go back to the same areas so many times, and sometimes you have to do it for a certain quest. Like, you go to somewhere and you find out, hey, you actually need this thing to come back here, so go back to Skyloft. It That yeah. happens too much for me. Uh, like, well, I just ha- couldn't get off this episode without expressing that. Yeah. I didn't mind it when it was sort of opening up a whole new area. and Different, mm, definitely. And that felt really cool and, and a good cool way to sort of use the same environment over and over again just open a new area you haven't been to but yeah i know what you mean in those times when you just have to go back and forth yeah because you have to you i don't know yeah i felt you gotta like get scrapper to get the get something yeah that, your little robot that buddy part of the game is almost like not even worth mentioning because it's such a joke but it's yeah but <laughs> it is so funny that the game literally makes you fly all the way back to just one spot with this new robot Mm -hmm. hit a on an object and then fly all the way right back Mm -hmm. and there's no challenge there's no puzzle to it there's no like you have to do this xyz it is just 
just for the hell of it, player, take yeah. 10 minutes out of your game to yeah. go just do this nonsense thing. Well, the worst and one, and what might might have been the first one where... That's with the pinwheel? Um, no, the second one then. You're, you have oh, to okay. take a big old pail of water to... Yes. <laughs> to the pumpkins? Yes. To, no, it's like somewhere oh, the no. Death it's to the Death Mountain area. Take to it the, to the Death Mountain. That's right, right, yeah. right, right. And oh, yes, it's yes, basically yes. A, that's one the of those, one, like, I think, right? Yeah, it's basically yeah. one of those things in which it's I loathe an escort mission. Yeah, hate them. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I I want to mention so for the listener, if maybe you haven't played this game, there's let's to be clear, there are really if you take the sky loft out of yeah. it, like your hometown, there's three areas of the game. And Some really they, cool dungeons. They basically yeah. just they basically just like put a new like layer of paint on them to kind of change them up or diversify them a little bit, but you only really get to explore three different you areas. Sort of add an X to the end of each <laughs> one. Yeah. To and diversify so, everything. Right. <laughs> so I uh I did not um I thought to me that is st- that will always be I think one of the more disappointing misses of the game is that they don't mm-hmm. Have like your typical Zelda areas in tra- in a traditional sense. Like there's not like a a real like a snow place. There's not like a real like you know um, like there are these different there's all these differences to them, but they that it's the same layout pretty much with just a, a couple of different variations to like what you can access. I just it I, also feels pretty small, and and it feels incredibly t- cramped. Because of that, I mm. I um mm. even in replaying it, I just remember thinking like, this is the smallest adventure of all time. Like it must look like a joke to actual Link, who's just like, I can go there, there, or there, and that's it. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah. My that's whole what I world. thought initially, but then they keep doing these things where it prolongs and prolongs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the <laughs> ending where, like you mentioned, the uh, catching all the the little tadpole music mm-hmm. notes because <laughs> initially that quest is you have to collect all the um the triforce pieces mm. and before you can even do that you have to collect pieces for a song to take to this giant uh flying whale mm-hmm. and so then you have to go back to the previous three places that you can travel to and yeah. do uh, other small little missions yeah it's not uncommon for this series to do that at the end of the game, but it seems like this one has so many end of yeah. game, like, hey, collect these and then you for can sure. do the thing. It would be different because they're all MacGuffins, like you said, right, Connor? Like, it'd mm-hmm. be different if the MacGuffin was like, now, like, I feel like at the end of Ocarina of Time, like, it's like, you still have to collect all these stupid things, but then it's like, go to the, the Gerudo village for the first, it's like, go to like, areas you've never seen before on the map and like go experience these like yes. these these new things and these new ideas and and you get little story beats throughout but these are true chores they're just and they're and they usually like in the in case of the water one which we keep harping on like that's a that's a chore with like like no real payoff no real beat to the story no real like battle or anything interesting about it the worst it. part of that one is you're kind of just swimming blindly looking for these yes. things and then halfway through 
feed remembers, oh, you can actually use your dousing, dousing. ability Ugh. to look fine. <laughs> Why couldn't I use this before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and by the way, you can't use it when you're underwater, so it's not really going to help you that much. Now, I, I do agree with yes. Hearn that the dungeons yeah. are, the dungeons are great. great. And um, with I even the third dungeon, which I don't know if you guys took note of this, but it's twice as long as the previous two dungeons. Like, Dude, it's I so timed long. myself, and it was <laughs> yeah. twice as long. Facility. Yeah. If, if yeah. the other dungeons oh, take yeah. you an hour, that one takes you two hours at least. It's it's so long. Um, but you get this nice, big, long story beat afterwards, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it's they're really fun. I and all I'll always love the pirate ship dungeon. Oh, yeah, loved it. That dungeon's cool amazing. I think that one, and but the last. I mean, I the last dungeon's fine, but the pirate ship and the ancient cistern, I enjoy both of them very much, both thematically, but also as a dungeon itself. I think are so strong mm-hmm. and really fun. Uh. Yeah, that's and not I don't feel that way about every dungeon in this game, but there are a few like dungeons and bosses that I just think are so great. Um the cool thing about the uh pirate ship Jeremy is that I mean throughout the game in the Linear area, you're using these time shift stones to shift back from the present to the past and it makes like a desolate desert area into like a lush green spot or it'll make sand into water and like enemies that were dead or alive again um there's things you can do but they take that element which is really a really fun part of this game uh and they uh with the ship there are certain ways that you have to like keep in mind when you're going to a new spot like do i shoot the time crystal or the time shift stone on this on the ship to go down or whatnot I thought it was just really, really fun. Yeah, they um, use like um, little openings in the in windows and in like little yeah. crevices to like perfectly line up with crystals that you have to like shoot with your arrow and like the puzzles are just so w- neatly designed. I think in most of the the dungeons, I I don't um, yeah it, I I don't really have the only complaint I have is in. And I don't even know if you call this a dungeon, but whatever the th- the last thing you do before the end of the game, where you have to like put yes. the rooms in order. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, I forget what that's oh, called. That, that was the last part where I was like, really, a whole other I know. thing that I have to do. <laughs> it hurts so bad because at that point, the game really has overstayed its welcome. I think that's the problem: is that like it stacks itself so dense at the beginning, and then it just can't maintain. They just—it seems like they ran out of time and resources and ideas. Yeah. But they needed to pad out this long experience, um, and it just doesn't—it just does not come together. And at the end, oh man, like that—that that last dungeon—it's like backtracking the dungeon. That's like, oh yeah. my gosh, because you uh-huh. have to like—I don't know how. Maybe you could take a better route through it, but for me, mm-hmm. um, it felt when you're—you know—you're trying to collect the three Triforce pieces. It felt like I had to like go through rooms to like be able to move stuff around to then go through the rooms again. Yeah. On and I get that's the I think that's the premise of this dungeon, but I guess at that point, if there had not been the other fetch questy stuff with the tadpoles and all the other stuff, I think I would have liked that better. But I was just so also like you, Jeremy, 
especially this time around, I was like, I want to play a different video Yeah, game. I know. That is that is how I felt too. And I just kept hate playing it and hate playing it and just mm-hmm. until yep. I... But you know what though? I mean, what's waiting for you on the other side of that is pretty fun and, and cool. So yeah. it's like... It, it, the game keeps doing that to you where you, it's almost like you developed a trust with it at the beginning where, yeah, I'm going to sit through some bullshit and then something cool will happen. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. was kind of scared when you jab your sword to, <laughs> and then you get transformed to that other place to collect the piece of Triforce. I thought I was like, am I going to have to do one of these fucking collect a ball things? Silent again? Realm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that would have been... So awful. So uh, awesome. So I I mentioned that I also really liked the ancient cistern, which is the one with that like moving column in the middle, the like Buddha statue. You mm. get the whip there. Um, mm. Jeremy, I bet you liked that one because yeah. they've got like the creepy underbelly of it. Yeah, yeah. Re- but, but remind me, like, let me pull up some images of it because I'm having a hard time thinking of it's this like you're in this like big water basin oh for this dungeon. yeah 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 yeah. and you know what for it being kind of a water temple it it's, it's not bad and i and i will say for whatever reason uh the swimming isn't terrible in this game no um, it's not at all okay. yeah it isn't it isn't too bad uh uh, I do, I do like this temple. Um, yeah, although I, I will this say now. this, I did have to look up. I think like when I first got there, I was like, "What?" I, I had no idea like how to even start it. <laughs> so that yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. There's like the first sort of room you can even enter in this whole after the, after the main hub. There, it wants you to hit a switch a certain direction. I think, and it's hard to know where that information is and it turns out it's like on the buddha statue but like yeah. on its yeah. hands on its back that's right yeah you have to like flip it yeah yeah I, but after that i felt like it flowed uh, really well but i I'm got totally that with you i got that because there was like a stone next to the statue that kind of tells you a little hint about that but i got stuck where and you're in a room and you have to like flip the lily pads yep. yeah oh yeah i was like how do i do this and then i just had i just I don't know what I, I just jumped kept on trying it. to jump on stuff and yeah. mm-hmm, that's when it happened. It's uh satisfying once you figure out how to whip those lily pads up around like yeah. to do it, you know? Like I don't know. There's something about that whip is very fun too. Um did anyone have like a favorite item in the game? Like I I think the I like the whip a lot. I think I like I also for whatever reason kind of love that blow gun. The gust bellows. The gust bellows. Yeah. yeah. I do like that. that. Was I kind like of, the blow. I, I like that too, because also before this, the previous Zelda game I played and beat was a uh, Minish Tap, which mm-hmm. kinda had like a sort of, of bad wind mechanic to it that is a lot simpler and this was like expanded on it. I really dug that. I like yeah. the digging gloves. That's, That's true. Oh, I, the magma mitts. I, Those levels yeah. were kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oh, I didn't feel that way. I did oh, not wow. enjoy them. So but I'm, to each their own. Yeah. I, I, it was kind of like little mini puzzles. They were I didn't like mind little them. Pac-Man <laughs> games. Or yeah, something. yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. But the mitts are fun. You can, you know, dig up little items yeah. or hearts or rupees. Mm-hmm. Um, you even get an upgrade on them from the like the magma little funny yeah. guys in the last temple. Oh, that's uh, another thing. All these newer characters that all reside in each respective land, I thought they were all great and, and funny yeah. and adorable oh, yeah. in all their own ways. Because you've got the magma in the fire area. They're great. You, yeah. You've got the kikui 
that remind yes, oh, you a lot of Koroks. The, yes. Yeah. They're great. They're great. And then the the little of, robots. Yeah. Yeah. They're really yeah, cute. I, you know what? Yeah, this game actually succeeds, I think, on all levels with the its little minor uh, other mm-hmm. like species of people and stuff. And Gorons, of course, are back, which is always a slam dunk. Oh, and he, they're they're like the explorers in this game. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Don't tell it a combat. Gorons have been here for years. <laughs> um, did anyone else have another dungeon that stuck out to them? Besides, I feel like we hit two of the more popular ones, but... I mean, the mining one with the carts was actually pretty uh, fun. The, like, oh. That, that, oh, that was fun, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. The, deactivating, reactivating, like it opening up and being like kind of like almost a radius of energy that you have to keep yes. going and how that opens up more worlds. I thought that was a really clever use of like, like turning the environment into something else. And yeah. those yeah. levels were fun as heck. You know what? Speaking of that area, and I did like the I do like the mining facility a lot. There is an enemy, one enemy in this game that I really could never figure out how to defeat, and mm. it's that like enemy that like flies and shoots the bullets at you, oh, but also shoots here. the little. I could I could kill the balls, but the bullets I would even try to like blow mm. back with the gust bellows. Did anyone? How yeah, do you defeat I this figured thing? it out because. Ooh initially okay so i don't know if this was in the original version of the game like fee can give you little hints and stuff yes. if you ask fee uh especially if you target an enemy it'll let you give you like mm. a little bio on on what to do it didn't let me know what to do initially when i first encountered it it wasn't until later in the game i so i just ran away from them didn't defeat those yeah things. <laughs> it wasn't until later in the game where you're, you're stuck in this room uh, it might be in 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 one. I of think the, it's in the Triforce, Triforce area. area. Yeah, and it's one room, and that transformation ball is there, and one of those enemies there. And I just decided to do the fee thing again, and then this time fee was like, "Okay, all you have to do is like hit the blast back with your shield." And then that's oh, how you do it. and that's and something I, like, oh, I that's never it? thought to do. Yeah, me neither. I didn't try that. <laughs> wow, initially. Um. On the while we're talking about dun- dungeons and temples, uh, I've got a couple standout bosses, but I'd love to hear from you Ooh. all. How about how about you, Jeremy? Since I know it's been a little bit, but any standout bosses for you? Um, so anytime you fight Garahim is really great and are really is really strong. Um, and then um, also like I don't I don't know if we want to count demise as like different oh, yeah. than that go for it so so first of all monster demise is like such an incredibly fun boss to fight like when you're popping his toes and stuff oh, the imprisoned imprisoned, imprisoned. sorry oh, yeah. sorry imprisoned. that guy um didn't mean to throw everybody off uh, what the fuck you <laughs> popped his toes how, uh, how did you beat this boss uh, yeah so anything and you're just and you're like hammering that thing into his head yeah. that yeah. that's really great and now doesn't that feel satisfying it feels so good and then of course like i th- i don't always think the zelda games have like their final boss is their greatest boss right but this game i think definitely that sword fight with demise is like so epic and cool and it kind of is as epic as the ocarina of time ending but 
it's even got more weight in that there's it's just a giant man i think he's proportioned correctly to link where he's like he's just big enough to scare you i i think that it's like a and just the way you keep defeating him is so awesome um i i so rarely i have a question for the og players yeah was mm. demise easier to uh fight in the original or in the hd hd I okay. will be honest and say that this time I used a guardian potion that was upgraded. I had to so do it too. I kind of brute forced him, but I did defeat him in the original one. But I the first I know the first time I played him, I lost. So mm. take that for what you. I will. lost so much times. He's so hard, like probably the hardest. Yeah. Final Zelda boss that I can ever remember. Yeah, I I um I spammed. I ended up because I died a bunch to him too, and I ended up spamming. If you click in the right stick, that is your mm. thrust, and I and and you can yeah. get through his entire first wave by spanning the right stick over and over and over. Ooh. And then, but then his second wave, you're on your own. It's like you have to keep using the spirit of light, and then like throwing it at him, and and uh, yeah, it's like a nice challenge. You can use that. That's the how Skyward Strike? The Skyward Strike. That's how you're supposed to beat him. What? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't you know do that. You know what's funny? Is Can you beat him without I, doing that? I did. I didn't with do the that. the Guardian Potion. Maybe. Yeah, maybe with the Guardian Potion. I, I, I like streamed the ending of it, and so, in retrospect, I guess that was a gamble. But I managed to beat him, thankfully. I had a couple of potions to heal myself up and just yeah. like rushed him. That would have been so much easier. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. I had to look it up. Like you know what? How to do it. I knew that's how you beat this guy, and I could not get my right Joy-Con to mm. do a Skyward Strike in that moment. Yeah. It just... Because that's what I wanted to do, because it's so cool when the lightning hits your sword. Yes. And you really just take it to him, but it kind of... It really frustrated me that that wouldn't work in that moment. I mean, it wasn't actually a big deal because I beat him. Well, because doesn't he rush you if you're too far away from him? He, he might. Yeah, and you have to, like, dodge his... Um, Cause, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. Think, it was like a happy medium distance you kind of had to figure yeah. out. Yeah, it, well, in the first wave, you really shouldn't get too far away from him. It's a bad idea. But in, like, the mm. second wave, you kind of have to back up and, and to get that good... Uh, Strike. Yeah. yeah, so this is what I did because I had that... Uh, powerful shield when he would strike Ooh. I would deflect each move to the T I had to like Ooh. die so many times to just figure out his patterns Yeah, <laughs> and then after a while he'll like leave himself open to get struck one time mm -hmm. so it had to do that multiple times once I got the hang of it I was able to get through the first phase easily but then that second phase that this is something I really don't like from this game is the enemies with the sort of electricity on their weapons oh, because yeah. it stuns you. <laughs> and when I first saw Demise, that's like his second form. Mm -hmm. or, yeah, I was like, really? This is how it's going to end <laughs> with this bullshit again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but once you, I, I will say though that if you, if you, once you do the the sky strike thing or whatever. I should have tried it. I should have. It, it, it not only 
like looks super epic, but it like it makes it way easier, and it actually feels like a great. Uh, I'll tell you a boss I didn't like though is Ooh. for as much as I sis- I like that cistern place <gasps> I I struggled so much. Are you going about to say you love that boss? The Caloctus. The Caloctus, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, he's a cool design, and I should like him, but I just I died a lot. Remind me who. He's like the so, big hollow armored guy who like you have yeah. to keep sla- like knocking slashing his limbs right i love he's got that like, guy love that guy. he's got six arms and <laughs> you have to you're supposed to so you have to get him to swing at you and plant his swords in the ground yeah. and then you get his big ass sword and you use that on him yeah yeah um i i like that one and i like uh as for as much as this boss makes no sense for this dungeon as far as like what they build up story-wise is the uh tentacle thing the like big cartoon like Monsters Inc. thing. <laughs> I actually had so much fun with that, shooting it in the eye and slashing its tentacles with the Skyward Strike. Oh, yeah. is that the oh, one on, on, the, the, on the, ship? the ship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is weird because they build up this like pirate as this like big bad, but you fight him for the mini boss. Uh, oh yeah. well, he gave me trouble. I had he's trouble so with tough. Him. Yeah, that's maybe the first time I died in the whole game. Yeah. Ugh. Um, uh, oh, well, so on this subject, I, I want to give just a little bit of time to the controls. I know we've sort of talked about it. I will say, for the most part, using motion controls again, mm. most things work pretty well. It's not perfect, but there are the few times that they don't, and it gets a little frustrating. Um, and I will actually say a surprising thing about the HD version is... How often I had to like, re- there's a button you can press to like recalibrate immediately, oh. which is amazing. Yeah, good. But in the HD version, you, it gets off calibration every like minute, it feels like. Mm. But with the Wii version, you, it actually makes you like set your controller down on a, on a, like a yeah. table. I did not do that a tenth of the time. That I did for HD. Um, Interesting. For you, you button control guys, how'd you like it? It took me a while to get uh, acquainted with the new sword mechanic, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it at first. But then by the end, I was okay with it, except for again those enemies with the electricity. Those were the ones where oh, gosh. and I and I get it. Like they have to, they move a certain way, so you can only hit them a certain way. Yes. But I always felt like this would have been probably easier with the motion controls as opposed to like me taking my sweet time flicking the right control yeah. stick. Because by the time I did it, it would always like move and yes. I would get shocked. So, yeah, I think for me, it's like we see, so like we see this a lot with Nintendo and their and their like new mechanics where they want to okay they have this new brand new mechanic and they're going to let like you're you're going to get used to it but then they're going to give you so many variations on it Jake Sprague I think actually brought this up on the Ocarina episode he's like it's like they give you this new thing and then they immediately no he's talking about Spider-Man in regards to Zelda how like oh. Spider-Man by like halfway through that game it's like everything can just kill Spider-Man like he doesn't even feel like Spider-Man anymore like like because there's so many enemies who can just throw off his 
cool tricks. Like suddenly the electricity enemies show up and you have to like, you can't just punch them anymore. You can't be Spider-Man anymore. You have to like now figure out a different way to like circumvent huh. their new rule. And um, it's never fun. And I think that to July's point, it's like, if you just gave me motion controls and then every enemy was a moblin, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, this is already, this is better. But when you start giving me all these variations, it's just like, I just feel like every time I learn something, I'm now having to unlearn that and learn something new to replace it with. Uh, as much as I thought on the Wii back in the day that the motion controls were like fun and kind of, and kind of like, uh, and kind of a cool, brave new world for these games. I mean, I just, they, I, I'll never prefer that to button controls. And with the joystick, I'll say this too, uh, slashing diagonally is as hard with a joystick as it is with a full, uh, Wiimote. It's still hard to like move your thumb perfectly diagonal, you know? Uh, so it, it, it really, you know, it's more trouble than I think it's, it's ever going to be worth, you know? I tried that the because actually I played a handheld a little bit um, back when I was working with you, Jeremy. Oh, yeah. So I did have to do that a little bit, and yeah, I will say the diagonal stuff especially. But it was kind of fun using the button controls clicking, as a break for the me. The clicking of the button for the stab oh, is is great. Dude. I will say that is the one thing that I I oftentimes clicked just did that as an attack yeah and there's a lot of enemies that expect you to hit them from the sides or the top and you can just Uh yeah stab them (laughs) i i actually did there were things that frustrated me specifically the electricity stuff like Mm. july fighting the like moblins with the like electric swords and stuff dude that really drove me up a wall because i felt because you have to do this thing with the motion control specifically where Mm -hmm. You sort of have to bait them into putting their sword on one side. So Mm. if you have yours to the right, you have to then slowly, you have to move your sword to the left to slash across, Mm -hmm. but you have to do it fast enough to get over there before they switch, but not so fast as to make your controller think that you're doing uh, doing a slash. So um, with those enemies, it was tough. With Girahim, I actually felt enough leeway to do that. And I do actually like the progression of some of the combat in the game. Not all of it with the motion, but some of it I'm just like, this is a little much. Um, right. Um, as we're sort of getting near the end of our time, the last real thing I wanted to focus on, and I'll leave room for us to share anything we want after that, if, especially if we miss something one of you want to talk about, is the music. Because I think this is... Maybe yeah. the best element of this game, not just because it's full orchestra, but I love the themes um, of this game, and the music's fantastic. Any early takeaways from U3? Maybe July, having just finished it. I will say that ending track uh, for the whole epilogue, one of the best sounding thing. It was so booming. What a great way to end everything. Yeah, uh, probably my favorite now of all of the. It's it, I'm all. It's up there with Ocarina of Time with ending uh, things. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great. I think the Skyloft song, the central oh, I song. It. I love that song. I love. Uh, it makes, really makes me like love being in on Skyloft for as I think decent as I found it was just such a peaceful theme, reminding me of like 
Outset Island almost in Wind Waker. Yeah, and then I also want to shout out the uh, the music that ramps up when you hop on your loft wing. That's always <gasps> a great uplifting song there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hearn, it's been a while, but do you, any tracks stick out to you from your you know your old memory? From my old memory, um, I mean, it, I do remember the bombastedness of the orchestra did make like the intense or like any action theme kind of feel like yes, I'm in a I'm like a yes. gladiator. I'm fighting. Ooh, Girahims was one of those. Yeah, mm-hmm. the it's boss like haunting fights, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Uh, and I remember, yeah, like the knowing that it's an orchestra really did add to it. I did totally like spaced on that, but uh, and I guess in retrospect, like I haven't played twilight princess recently enough to know but it is like interesting this was the one to get the full uh sound effect of yeah that. and that's really cool i really did it um jeremy you're pretty fresh off this game do you remember any tracks sticking out to you um i i mean i don't know i mean i've listened to this score so much i don't know i don't yeah. necessarily know how to parse them out by tracks that's but i do agree the epilogue song that like the thing that <laughs> takes you out of the game is great um, I think anything like where it's like you, I think if there's a track associated with you, uh, getting on that bird for the first time and taking off into the skies. That's like, that's, that's like really great. I don't, yeah. pr- I mean, yeah, this, this is like best case scenario sounding score for a Zelda game. Um, I wish that they would do a Ocarina of Time remake and Ooh. fully or- orchestrate the, the music for it because it could sound this good you know um i but I, I so i think that like this is probably my third favorite of all the zeldas my Ooh. first being oh green of time because it's like the beatles it's like the hits you know yeah uh the mm. second being breath of the wild because like just aesthetically that music is so pleasing to me that minimal sparseness but then uh-huh. third is like this this just like so so good so they really uh, go for it yeah they went for it um i want to shout out a few and uh, i think hern specifically talked about the bombastic nature of a lot of these songs this music i think the composers they did such a good job in not only these big huge moments where it's such specific themes with echoing specific emotions but then some of there's some like um uh what do you what would you say almost atmospheric uh songs in this game that also go really well uh there's a few dungeons that are it sort of like seeps into the background the music does um because it's so atmospheric but a few tracks i want to shout out of course i love gruce's theme i mean anything gruce mm. is great but mm-hmm. the <laughs> 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 i love gruce and i'm gonna do that for every track um i love gruce's theme just the main theme of skyward sword i think is so beautiful um and i will actually let the only songs i really don't like in this game for that i can remember are like fees versions of the hero songs like when she starts to chime in Mm. and they really blow it up it's so messy those like dances all around the room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she's, you see her mouth move. Uh, it's so creepy and weird. <laughs> I don't, li- yes, July. I don't like them at all. And the first time I saw that, I was like, is this, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> is she singing? <laughs> it's so weird. But 
Oh, and Fee's, I mean, Fee's song in general is, especially at the end, is heartbreaking when she's oh, saying yeah. goodbye. Um, it's Tarantino's favorite character in the game. It's Fee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fee. Uh, that's pretty good, Jeremy. Um, well, wonderful. Uh, uh, did any He also you... really liked uh, The Imprisoned. Oh, the imprisoned song. Big old toes. Oh, of Big course. Old. Oh, he wanted to Tarantino. suck on those toes. Yeah, dude. He, didn't he wasn't want to pop so. Them. He wanted to make them bigger. He liked it better when the imprisoned only had feet, and no, no hands. He like uh, was like, why can't I suck on these toes? <laughs> why? In order to defeat this character, can I suck on the toes instead? Can I get him to pop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, with that, let's go ahead and transition to our end of the show and briefly talk about our legacy and final thoughts. Mm. All right. On the way out, as we close out this discussion on Skyward Sword, I would love to just hear a little bit from everybody on uh, just overall how they feel about this game and just maybe even where it sits for you. Hearn, I know it's been the longest since you've played, but Mr. Man, being the the first time you played it, what do you think yeah. about Skyward Sword and what do you what are you leaving what did this game leave you with as at the end? I mean, I definitely didn't have many expectations for it, both like just to not hype myself up, but also because I'm I felt like I was going into an old game that had probably some mechanics that would feel aged, like the motion controls mm-hmm. and the flying. But playing it, like actually playing it, like I didn't think it aged badly. I think there's like elements about it that yes, it's unfortunate, but those aren't like uncommon with certain Nintendo games or certain Zelda games. They aren't uncommon with games in period. So it's just like refreshing that I got to play like a fun new Zelda game I never got to play before with like its own unique mechanics, its own unique level design, its own unique world, and it was like cool to get in like a fresh new experience for that. So I really dug it. Um it was more like I liked it a little more than a couple other like Zelda games I played nice. for the first time not too long ago. Good for you, Skyward uh, Sword. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did it did well. Better than Good Zelda work. 2? Yeah, better than yeah, Zelda 2, her. <laughs> better than Zelda 2. Better than Minish Tab would be my... Uh, oh, my God. Whoa. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> and That's not a, Wow. Not not That's nearly as good as really the Oracle games is where I'll stop okay. going crazy. Okay. Uh, but, That's but, weird choice. <laughs> but in terms of, like, an involving world, I really dug it, and it was really cool. And I did, like, see the story through quicker than I had in a bit for, like, a Zelda game, and that was really fun. Like, yes. I, I think... I think if you open if you open your mind to the Skyward Sword, uh, I think it has a lot of <laughs> things you can enjoy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like a Skyward and, Mind. Yeah, if you keep a Skyward Mind, Vanilla Skyward Sword. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you, Hearn, uh, and thank you for playing this game this year. And hey, thank you for. Uh, Hearn, I was probably going uh, to do thank it you anyway. For playing the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so You're much welcome. for to playing my game. Um, I'll get some plugs from you at the end, Hearn. Uh, Yay. Um, Jeremy, uh, I know you played this game in a white-hot depression. Uh, <laughs> I love talking about it. I love hearing from you about it. Um, but having now had a couple experiences with this game, what do you want to leave with us? So one thing I want to I want to briefly talk about, and this is, uh, and I will say this is the the greatest sin that the, I think the game commits is is something we didn't talk about, which is how empty the game is, mm. um, and especially in terms of travel with with your with your bird with your uh, R wing or whatever it's called. Yes, uh, you um, 
So for for those who don't know, the game uh, pretends like it has a bit of an open world kind of go and do side quests sort of experience, but it really gatekeeps all of those uh, behind um, things you have to do like in quests and things you can only really do later and you can only really do so much like in the world map itself and Mm -hmm. traveling between these places is absolutely abysmal like you have to go to the sky (laughs) you have to go to the sky and it becomes absolutely one of the one of the most abysmal things i've done in a zelda game um i've never had this much uh grief riding epona through a field i for whatever reason this this sky i think because it's just so white and desolate it just uh it just feels so barren. Um, mm. So because of that, and I, I really might just be because of that, because all these other things like I can kind of forgive. Backtracking, that's in a lot of Zelda games. Like Yeah, definitely. You know, it's like, uh, and, you know, uh, doing stuff I don't like or that is uncomfortable, that's in a lot of Zelda games. Um, but because of that, it sits pretty low on my list. Um, it's obviously not like, I mean, it's there's it's higher than a bunch of Zeldas, I'll tell you that. But it's definitely, you know, it's, <laughs> I definitely put it above... Uh, Zelda 2 and the DS Zeldas for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Whoa. Okay. Um, but, uh, but like, but, and I, and, and Twilight Princess, by the way, is a game that I also don't feel like I like that much, but it's, to me, Twilight Princess has the opposite problem. It has too many ideas. There's too much yes, going on with it. There's it like does. too many, uh, uh, it's too dense or something. And I feel like they almost like went the other direction with Skyward Sword to make it like super linear, super sparse, not enough yeah. going on. And so, but because there's more ideas in Twilight Princess, I put it like one notch above Skyward mm. Sword. Uh, gotcha. For for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I don't have an official ranking yet. We'll do an episode on that <laughs> like uh, soon. But, uh, but definitely, um, but definitely, yeah, it sits a little lower. But that being said, like, as I said at the beginning of this episode, once Papa starts, Papa can't stop with Skyward Sword. I will always, uh, I feel like I'm always going to finish it, at least if I start it. Uh, and, um, yeah, there's something about it that I keep, that I keep, keeps me playing it. And maybe it mm. is just the linearity of it and that I f- it feels doable or something. Yeah. Like it always feels accomplishable. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I think this game is like, it's, it's, it's for Zelda fans. It's not for people who yes. only play like one game a year. It doesn't respect your time. It doesn't really, uh, and it, it's not that rewarding. There's not a lot to mine from the game. Like I think even Ocarina of Time, which I think by this standard is, has a lot more limitations beyond the N64, like at least it has big orange sword, you know, there's at least something to do in it, like to get, uh, so yeah, that, those are my overall thoughts about it. Um, besides, well, you, could do, you could do the boss rush and get the healing shield. You could do the boss rush and get the healing shield. Um, uh, but at that point in the game, you're at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have, it would have been nice to have it earlier. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So the whole game, um, I'm not staring at Link's back that has this ugly bird. Yes. shield. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there. I love that. July, how about you? Lasting thoughts on this game? Yeah, so I don't know if we really touched on this, uh, but I know there were quality of life changes yes. for the new version. They're noticeable, too. Where I was going to ask. They're very noticeable. What were the original ones? I don't know. Um, so the, the improvements they made that stood out to me were, of course, 60 frames per second in HD made a big mm-hmm. difference. But more specifically... It's 
how much less fee interrupts you like she automatically does still interrupt you in the hd version Mm -hmm. and there's moments where it's super it's still like this is one you could have also skipped guys um (laughs) there's that um but i think with that it even makes the opening of this game which is takes like two hours i think Mm -hmm. it shaved like a half hour off my time Mm -hmm. and i think Pulling back a little bit and letting the player just take control and not interrupting, that might be the biggest thing. Oh, items and there's um, too. We should items. Talk items, yeah. So anytime you would turn off your game and get back mm-hmm. into a new game, um, no matter what item it was, like a rupee, a yeah. heart, or whatever, it would tell you. It would it would give you an entire description of that item, oh. as if you had never gotten it before. Ooh. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. That, that helps did too. Make me- that makes a big difference. That did make me play the game for like a couple hours at a time just because I didn't want to like <laughs> restart it and have to deal with it all. Yes. Uh, um, but okay. as you were saying, I just want to bring that up uh, to get a oh, thanks, you know, buddy. sort of a perspective on that from <laughs> everyone else who's played the original. And then also wanted to mention that uh, that final Girahim where he's yes. sort of in an armor <laughs> really uh, was really up. cool. Really enjoyed that. Uh, getting to knock him off each platform into a new platform. That was all great, yeah. great sequence of the game. Um, imprisoned, I thought was a cool design. I don't know if I like the later versions when he's walking and he's uh, erupting sort of like a red electricity oh, thing gosh, that just yeah. knocks you back. That does suck. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I might have sequenced it badly because at one point, the last two versions, I like fought him and then went away for a second and then immediately had to come back and fight the third form. I uh, think that's just, how oh. it goes at the end of the game. Okay, so it just is. Yeah. All right, that's a bummer. Yeah, pretty annoying. Pretty annoying. Yeah, three times is way too many for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also... We didn't bring this up. <laughs> the tongue piece. July for the listeners. Oh yeah, that? <laughs> that tongue, baby. Garahim's tongue. That he's tongue always looking at you. What is he doing? <laughs> you know what whatever he's doing. it is. I, I love it. It's some Tarantino <laughs> stuff right there. But I'm like, what is he? What? <laughs> I'm trying to get at that. Feet. <laughs> I bet July. Yeah. I wish I could have seen the first time that you saw that happen. I wish I could have seen your reaction. Oh, it was. I was so shocked, Jeez. but I loved it. Uh, more more villains like this in the Zelda series from now on, please. You know, more centric, super into themselves, uh, uh, nut jobs, stylish, stylish, um, androgynous. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about the game. I loved it. <laughs> cool. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, and for me. I've gotten to talk a lot about my experience with this game today, but it is, especially having played, I don't know, 12 Zelda games this year, it's very near the bottom of my list. But that being Mm. said, it Mm. remains a game that I still really enjoy. It has some of, I think, the strongest elements in the series with the music and the story and character relationships. Um, Mm. Even some of the dungeons and bosses are fantastic. But overall, it just... It falls short for all the reasons that we have laid out today. And I think Jeremy brought up such an interesting point saying that it made me think like, oh, yeah, if I wasn't a Zelda fan, this wouldn't be a good game. But because (laughs) I like the Zelda formula and I'm familiar and nostalgic, I still really enjoy it. And it's it's hard to let go. It's 
And like I said, the first time I finished it, I was like, wow, that's the best Zelda game I've ever played. And in turn, that made it my favorite game. But it slipped a lot in the years. And I wish with the HD version, they would have made some more changes or maybe even added some stuff or let you go between the areas somehow. But it's probably asking a little much for Nintendo for when they don't do like, it's just a remaster. Um, But overall, Skyward Sword, who knows? Six out of ten, maybe for a Zelda game, <laughs> which is still, which for me is still good, but it's not great. Um, oh wow! And then we we also we do round up on these episodes, so it's actually a ten out of ten for oh, Connor. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I will say, I, I, I like Fee a, a lot I get a better. Two out of ten, so I guess that means oh, yeah. it's a zero. Yeah, we do round up, so that is also <laughs> a ten out of ten. Oh, I just lastly, I just want to say, like Fee, so much less annoying in this version, yeah. uh, but I do love her moment at the end. It's pretty special. Uh, yeah. Well, that'll do it. For this episode of the Legend of Zelda Games Club, listener, oh my goodness, there is only one more coming for us. That will be The Link Between Worlds on the 3DS Mm. coming out two weeks from today when you're listening to this on Friday. Uh, Michael Hearn, on your way out, Mr. Man. What do you want to plug? All right. Uh, I will plug my website, michaelchearn.com, and my Instagram and Twitter, michaelchearn. At the moment... And uh, this will probably change in the future eventually to showcase it. My pinned tweet is a trailer for my new short film, Big Ideas Detective Agency, starring Mikey Stevens, friend of the podcast, who could not be here, unfortunately, for not playing Skyward Sword. And uh, (laughs) a cast of, like, a good amount of people I like a lot. And then uh, Viravar Shetty, who plays his younger brother, is a very good uh, child actor. And I had a lot of fun making this film. I'm very proud of it. I'm looking forward to showing it to more people sooner rather than later hopefully some film festivals get back to me submit baby and then, and then in the future uh you know by the time if you're a future patreon listener you might be able to just see it online at this point on my website nice so, well, just thanks, look around buddy. for it thank um, you jeremy schmidt Ah, you can follow me on Crime. Thank you so much for subscribing to the patreon um boy oh boy man one more episode to go or i guess and then a follow-up maybe a wrap-up episode or two and we're going to be done with this Zelda Games Club. It's pretty crazy. Very crazy. Uh, we've had a lot of supplemental content on Super NPCs this year, and we'll even be doing a Space Solace in no time on VGACS. Yeah. I but, feel like uh, we should we should invite July in on the rankings just because he did play every single one of the games this year. I I'll think pl- that I'll be playing great. the next one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Triforce Heroes? July. Yeah, Triforce uh, Heroes. Tingles. Um, uh, Tingles. Tanny <laughs> Tanny party adventure. Or, yeah. Party. <laughs> uh, um, July, what would you like to plug, my friend? Yeah, so I want to plug, um, sort of I teased this earlier, uh, the second bombshell that I'm going to release <gasps> now to the world. Uh, listen, uh, on the Ocarina of Time episode, oh, God. Uh, some awful, horrible things were said, and uh, Jeremy sort of spoiled uh this game go back and listen i think we'll all agree that that's not what i did i never played this game before because i didn't have access to it at the time but now that i did and i played through the whole thing and i can see the error of my ways wow i apologize jeremy i'm so sorry for giving you so much i knew it was grief um because you didn't spoil the game for me you sort of gave me uh you know you fooled me. You pranked me. I pranked him. You jackassed me. Yeah, I fully did a jackass. 
Yeah, and because uh, Ganon is not necessarily the last boss of this game, it's Demise, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, pseudo, you know, the what ultimately Ganon becomes. Who right. knows? Right. It was almost. It was almost better that I said that so that you could experience it this way. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like it's like that. It's like when I was in high school, my friends. We're, we're talking to me about the movie The Sixth Sense, and they were like, you wouldn't believe it. Haley Joel Osment has is, is been dead the entire movie. <laughs> well, that's so, awful. So when I was wow. watching the movie, I was, <laughs> that's like, really funny. I was like, I already know the ending, but the whole movie, I was like, wait, he's dead? I don't, <laughs> I, I was like confused, and then it was such a huge reveal when it was that's the incredible. other incredible. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, well, what else would you like to plug? Um, sort of just, uh, love and, you know, be kind, be kind to one another. It's it's be kind, rewind. Yeah. I want to plug the Jack Black, (laughs) most deaf film. Be kind, rewind. Sigourney Weaver. Perfect. Danny Glover. That's it, July. No, no, nothing else you want to plug? Well, I don't know. When is this drop? Tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Just. Check out the by podcast uh, Inside Video Games. It's coming back soon, very soon. <laughs> Killer! Just listen to that. Subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. Oh, it's on Amazon Music now. I got an email about that. Oh, nice, oh, dude. Nice. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll close this out with plugs of my own. Uh, and yeah, thank you to all of our patrons who subscribe to this. Um, means that the world to have you support us. We're so excited to bring you a few more fun Zelda episodes. But thank you all, including our newest patron that we shouted out on Super NPCs recently, Pugsley. Welcome to the show. Uh, and for anyone listening in the future, thank you so much. Check out all the stuff here at Super NPC Radio, where we've got a ton of video game podcasts, including Jeremy's show, Video Games and Comedy show. We've already talked about Inside Video Games and Gaming. There's Reactivators, Stario Chart, Call Me By Your Game. We've got it all. Um, you can also follow me on social media. Connor underscore McCabe. That will do it. For this episode of the Legend of Zelda Games Club, we will see you on the last one. <laughs>